strike. BYU baseball heads back to the diamond. There's a ball hit very deep. Left fielder looking up, going back at the wall. It's out of here. And the Batcats are swinging for the fences. Center fielder going back. He's not going to get there. It's time for BYU baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Play ball. Live coverage of BYU baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck, Reinhardt Oil, Chip Cookies, Sag Chevron, Foot Insurance, and Revere Health Orthopedics. Now, to get you ready for the first pitch, here's Brent Norton. Live from Larry Miller Field here in Provo, Utah, on the campus of Brigham Young University, BYU Cougar Baseball. Round three, Cougars versus the Utes here today. Brent Norton joined by Scott Haas and Whenever the Cougars and Utes get together, it's always uh, it's always fun. Scott, you were with me in the last uh, U Cougar game up in Salt Lake. Cougar, uh, Utes prevailed there by a score of uh, what was that four three? I four to three in the first game. You know that we did earlier back here um, in, in Provo. That was actually wasn't as close of a game until yeah, the last inning yeah. when the Utes scored four runs, and then BYU gets that in the extra innings. But I mean, it it this is a, a great opportunity. Both teams, of course, getting ready for some big series. So they don't want to look past each other because it's a rivalry game, right? But you've got, you know, Arizona coming up for the Utes and then BYU getting ready for a homestand against San Diego, a crucial series for BYU. And this is a game really to get that momentum, start the week off right. You've got great weather, great conditions, and the juices are flowing against your rival. No doubt about it. The Cougars really trying to get on track, lost two of three at Portland, went to Arizona, got beat pretty bad on Tuesday, last Tuesday before taking the rest of the week off for finals. And the Utes have lost six straight, 10 of their last 12. So both teams kind of reeling right now, trying to find themselves. And really important for the Cougars. Utes are really pretty much out of it, 9-28 and 28 on the year. Cougars still right in the thick of the race. Uh, very important uh, for them to get the momentum going, and it would be nice to start it here tonight. Well, and you've got four series left, right? You've got 12 conference games left with San Diego and San Francisco and St. Mary's and Pacific. But you also have sandwiched in there, oh, there's this team called Stanford that happens to be the top-ranked team in the nation. And then you've got your Cal in there. and just, I mean, So there's some huge RPI games yeah. out there for BYU. And if they can get it going right now, not – just on the mound but at the plate if guys can get hot and this can be a key game for them to do that then that momentum can carry on and really propel them into this is where you want to peak is these next three to four weeks as you head into the postseason and hopefully get off in the regionals had a chance to sit down with coach mike little just a few moments ago we'll play that for you right now we are here with head coach mike littlewood uh, just before the start of this game with the university of utah coach uh, seven days man it's been a while since I've seen you. Normally that doesn't happen in April, but uh, uh, do you think it turned out to be a good time for the Cougars to take that? I guess you'll know after the game today, but uh, what do you think uh, having a break like that in the middle of the season? Well, I think the way we, we've been playing just up and down, I think we needed a, a mental break more than a physical break. Um, we talked about this at Arizona, uh, you and I, that most times we're playing really well this time of year and we don't want to have an interruption um, for finals. And not every year do we have to take a break during finals. You know, if we can get a team to come in and play us at home, then then we're okay playing during finals. But we couldn't do that this year. And I, I honestly think it's a good thing. The thing with the bye, the tough thing is we play Arizona on the road, Cal on the road, um, and Stanford on the road, who's number one in the country right now. So it doesn't really get any easier. But, you know, we'll see. I think the guys are refreshed and ready to go. Tell us about practice, what you did over over the uh, the finals week and uh, how the team, the attitude and everything was. Well, we just we had at the end of the week we had a we had a, a live BP. I thought it was a really productive, um, you know, really productive practice. 
Um, get, pitchers got their innings in, and, and um, get, we it was kind of a controlled setting. Um, and then we gave them Saturday, Sunday off. And so I, I feel like the guys are ready to go. Yesterday we had a, a just a light practice. Most of the guys were in and out with finals, so it's hard to get. It was kind of hard to get everyone together at the same time. Um, but you know, I think this is again just like the Arizona game could have catapulted us. This is a game that. I think we're bringing a lot of energy, and, and uh, we really need this game just to not just for the win against Utah, but just to kind of get us going momentum-wise for, for the week against San Diego. You look at this conference schedule, everybody beating up on everybody. You're only two games in the loss column out of first place. Really unbelievable conference uh, this year. It, it really is, and, and fortunately this year for us, we're sitting at 7-8, and eight and we have a, a legitimate chance still to win the league because Portland's better, Pacific's better, Santa Clara's better. Um, you know, San Diego's struggling like we are a little bit and there's only looked like San Francisco was going to run away a little bit and then they get bit just um so last year we were 20 and 7 Gonzaga was 20 and 7 and that's kind of unheard of I, th- I think that's a record wins for for a 27 game in our league anyway 27 game league schedule usually 15 and 16 will get you in the tournament so we'll see what happens I mean if we win series if we win the next four series we'll, we'll I think we'll be okay but one game at a time uh, well, hyper focus with the Utes now coming. Uh, you got seven days off, and then uh, now you hit it back. Uh, you've played them twice. You've split so far. Always, always a challenge. It really is. I mean, and, and again, you can throw their their record, you know, out the window because it's just they they. It, I think they're nine and twenty eight or whatever they are, but it's almost like they're thirty and zero with us. And it's the same thing. We just it's going to go down probably until to the last at bat, and that's just the way Utah BYU has always been. And the, the one thing I, I ask our team is just just bring energy. Um, scouting reports and this and that don't, don't really matter. You know, we know these guys inside and out. We probably know them better than they do. They probably know us better than we are, we know ourselves. You just have to bring some passion and fight and, and will to win this game. That's that's what it's going to take. Bo Burp gets a start. He started the last game against Utah. I think he got you into the sixth inning looked pretty good. Yeah, he did a really good job. I think what's important for us now is, one, win this game, but, two, have everybody ready, um, you know, full, full pen for – San Diego, and so I think we'll throw out throw Bo out there one, probably two. Uh, if he's really really efficient, then we'll get him into the third. But I also want Kenny Signs and Kendall Motes and Sudruth and Rhett Parkinson, and, you know, all those guys to get an inning uh, with the break we've had. They need to get back there and see live batters, and so we'll get our work in. Each guy's going to get three or have a chance to get three or six outs, and and so they can kind of just go give their best stuff for a short amount of time, and hopefully we can keep the Utes uh, at bay. You've made a couple adjustments to the lineup, uh, trying to get guys jump-started a little bit maybe and and looking for a little more consistency, I'm sure you think, offensively. Well, they're starting Jacob Rewar, a left-hander, and so I, I, I wanted to get a right another right-hander in there with Kyle Dean as a DH, and, and I think uh, we're trying to get Keaton Kringland going a little bit, so um, put him back in, in the batting order where he feels comfortable, I think, in the three-hole, and then get him in the outfield. You know, He's been DHing a little bit, and um, so we're just trying to – to light that match or light a spark um, to see what, what we can do with getting him going. But, um, you know, we really just need our main guys, Schneeman and, and Brock, to keep keep doing what he's doing, and, and Nate Favero and, and Sue, who, who is down in the six hole right now. But you look at uh, – we, we were talking about it before. If if you look at Kringlin and Favero and Clausen and Dean with no home runs between them this year, it's pretty incredible, um, you know, when, when guys are kind of under the radar and then it's time for them to step up. And – I'll tell you what, if there's any time to step up, it's right now with a handful of games left in the season. Okay, Coach, we'll, uh, uh, good luck tonight, and we'll uh, talk to you in the postgame. Okay, thanks, Brent. All right, back here at Larry Miller Field, Brent Norlong with Scott Hawes as we get ready for BYU-Utah, third time the 
schools have uh, played each other this year, both one-run games. Uh, two teams have split so far, and they'll play one more here later in the year. And, uh, Scott, whenever the Utes and Cougars get together, always fun. You know, it's going to be a great game. And as Coach just mentioned, it, it probably will come down to the last at bat. It just seems to work out that way. And I think you pointed out something earlier. You know, the Utes are not in, in the Pac-12 race right now. So how important is this game? It's probably really important. I mean, this is bragging rights. You've got players on both sides who are likely recruited from both schools, guys that know each other, uh, played against each other. You know, and similar to what we've been seeing with the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City, right? They, they've they got a best-of-seven series. Well, this is game three, and you've got the same pitchers on the mound that we saw last time, so they're very familiar with each other. Normally in a three-game series, you don't see the same guys on the bump every single night. Well, because these are spread out, we've got Burrup back on the mound, uh, the mound and rebar for the Utes. So this is going to be an interesting matchup, and I'm excited. I'm excited. This is ball time. Well, let's see how it goes as we uh, starting lineups today for the Cougars. Sue at first base, Anderson at second, Daniel Seaman the shortstop. Nate Favero gets the start at third. Keaton Kringlin in left, uh, Jarrett Perns in center field. Brock Kale will be in right field. Kyle Dean will be DHing tonight for the Cougars. And uh, Bo Burrup is on the hill. Two wins, a loss, 6.84 earned run average for the junior out of uh, Pocatello. Burrup, 6'5", 225-pound left-hander. And he will face Deshaun Kiersey, the center fielder for the Utes. You mentioned Kiersey. You, you feel like he's probably their best player. No, no doubt about it. Hitting 373 on the year. Three home runs, 17 RBIs. Great defensive center fielder also. The left-hander steps in. And we're ready for baseball. First pitch from Bo Burrup is just a little bit outside for ball one. Patrick Riley, the home plate umpire tonight. Jim Perano at first base. Jeff Clough at second. And Joey Stegner down at third base. Here's the 1-0 pitch, and that's over for a strike. Chandler Anderson on deck. He's the left fielder. He'll be followed by Oliver Dunn at second base. Riker Tom will be bat cleanup and play at third base. 1-1 pitch. That ball's lined to left field. Kringlin went back now. Comes in, makes the catch, battling the sun out there. Fortunately, that ball was almost hit right at him. I don't think Keaton really saw that ball well off the bat. He's got his shades on, and it's a good thing because that was right in the sun. It was uh, definitely not a high fly ball, so good thing he picked that up off the bat. And a good start for Burrup right here, just like he did last time against the Utes. Chandler Anderson now steps in. He's a left fielder out of Park City, a junior. Hitting 226 on the year, and the first pitch from Bo Burrup is outside ball one. Eric Miguelas will bat fifth for the Utes. He'll be the DH. Braden Benedictus is uh, the first baseman. He'll bat sixth. And here's the 1-0 pitch, and that's a little bit outside for ball two. Dominic Foscalina in right, bat seventh. Matt Richardson, the shortstop, bats eighth. And catcher Shea Kramer bats ninth. And Jacob Rebar, the pitcher for the Utes here tonight. 2-0 pitch, that's over for a strike. It'll be interesting to see how Burrup kind of has a different mindset, if at all, from the last game where he was able to go six innings. Only gave up that three-run home run to Miguelis was his only mistake pitch. Tonight, though, he's only going to get a couple of innings, as we heard Coach Little talk about. Pitch is hit into in the gap into left field, just past Daniel Sneeman for a one-out single. So the youth with the runners at first base, and Oliver Dunn's second baseman will step in. Dunn, a sophomore out of Salt Lake City. Hitting 279, does have four home runs, and 
leads the Utes with uh, 24 RBIs. Not much of a win. A little breeze going out to left center. Uh, may, you know, help a ball here and there, but not a huge factor yet. Pitch is grounded into right field base hit. So the Utes with runners at first and second base, one man out. And as Dunn jumps on the first pitch and lines it to right field. And neither of those balls really hard hit just happen to be, you know, seeing ground balls that just get through. And, of course, right in that situation, Anderson was playing a double play, so he was shading toward the bag already, which opened up that hole for Dunn to get that hit just between first and second. So Burrup right here makes a good pitch. He can get out of this with a double play ball, but he's got to be careful. doesn't want to get in too much of a situation with Tom up to the plate here with the runner in scoring position. Riker Tom steps in, third baseman. Richard freshman out of San Diego, and the first pitch is uh, down a little bit low for ball one. Utes with the back-to-back hits here in the first inning. They have runners at first and second base off of uh, Bo Burrup. Burrup, uh, his third consecutive start against the Utes this year, as we've mentioned. That ball's grounded, foul down the third baseline. Runners were moving on the hit and run. And again, if your team is struggling offensively trying to score runs, I mean, that's a good way to do it. Get, get runners moving, get the defenders moving around a little bit. You never know what can happen. Well, you got a pitcher right now, only one out, and it's the beginning of the game, puts a pressure on him early, and uh, as you mentioned, make something happen offensively. The Utes trying to get that started right here. A little hit and run action. One ball, one strike. Here's the pitch, and that's down a little bit low for a ball. Bolper up last year for the Cougars, uh, four wins, three losses, 5.16 earned run average. He had uh, 39 strikeouts last year in 45 innings. And the throw back behind the runner at first base, he gets back in safely. Sue came in behind him. Good throw there by Burrup. They called a balk right there. They said that Burrup somehow deceived the runner. Either he didn't come set or perhaps crossed that plane where he was going to go home and decided to go to first. So right now Mike Littlewood's out there talking with the third base umpire trying to find out exactly what he did and see if he maybe stepped too far toward home or what the situation was. Well, it's interesting. That's a third base umpire. Normally... On a ball call like that would be the first base umpire that would make that call because he's got the best, you know, the best look, the best angle. Yeah. Coach Littlewood not happy right now. He's uh, not happy at all with Stegner, the third base umpire. Yeah, we just saw that on the replay here, and here's another look at it. Can't really see anything that looks, you know, just yeah. jumps out at you as a, as a ball call, but it's nothing's changing here. Now we got runners in second and third. Coach Littlewood back to the dugout, not happy at all with that call by Stegner. And the Utes with runners now in scoring position, second and third, two and one the count. And here's the pitch ball up the middle, going to be gloved by Anderson, picks it up, throws to first, in time for the out. Anderson knocked the ball down and was able to get the runner at first base. Utes do score a run on the ground out by uh, Riker Tom. Now how big was that balk now? Right? Yep. I mean, that's that would have been a tailor-made double, double play. play ball for Anderson to just step on the bag and throw over, and we'd be out of the inning. But instead, a run crosses the plate after that balk. And so 
Here we go. Still a little work to do for Burrup with a runner on third now, two outs. Eric McGillis steps in. He is the DH tonight for the Utes in the first pitch outside. Ball one, so the Utes with one run on two hits so far here in the first inning. McGillis, a two twenty average, does have four home runs. Hit one of those three-run shot off Burrup in Salt Lake the last time these two teams met. Pitches outside for ball two, and Burrup right now really falling behind these last couple of hitters. Yeah, he's been working you know, from behind pretty much every every batter. I don't think he has a first pitch strike yet on any of these batters. Here's the 2-0 pitch. That ball's fouled off. Burp did not have a start his first two years for the Cougars. This is his fourth start this year. Of course, the Cougars have really uh, been battered on their pitching staff with injuries with Riley Gates and... Uh, Ryan Brady both going down with seasoning and injuries for in the first couple of weeks of the season. Pitch to Miguelas is up high. And the count now three and one. Now he's got a decision to make. Do you pitch to him right here with a runner on third? Got an open base, of course. But Miguelas, as you mentioned, he knows a little bit about Burrup. 3-1 pitch, curveball up high for ball four. So the Utes with runners at first and third now, and that will bring to the plate uh, De Benedictis. He is a redshirt freshman out of Taylorsville. De Benedictis hitting 304, no home runs, four RBIs on the year. If there's one thing that uh, you know, Coach Littlewood and Coach Thomas have really wanted to work on with Burrup. It's, you know, getting those walks down right now. He's about a one-to-one ratio with his strikeout to walks. You normally like to see that about three-to-one. Pitches up high, ball one. But getting ahead of hitters is, is a crucial element, not just at the college level, but at any level to establish, get ahead in the count. So far he's been falling behind, and now he's behind again with runners at the corners. 1-0. Here's the pitch from Burrup, and that ball's fouled straight back. A ball and a strike to the freshman. Only had 56 at-bats this year. He has uh, 17 hits, one double, one triple. And here is the 1-1 pitch from Bo Burrup down low. Good job by Clausen to stop that ball from getting away from him behind the plate. Couldn't and tell if it was crossed up or just didn't quite see that. But, yeah, he, he did a great job getting in front of that last second, keeping a, another run from crossing the plate. Notice anything different in the ballpark here tonight? Take a look. Take a look around the ballpark. Tell me what's different. Quite a, quite a difference. Here's um, the 2-1 pitch. That's outside for ball on this, three. putting me on the spot here. I mean, it's like. Is it something with the stadium? Is it the crowd? What are we seeing here? What are we, what are we looking there at? There was a big Cougar baseball out there in center field on both sides of the center, and, and it was uh, bather, bother, bothering the batters. Okay. So they've got the blue wall now out there, a little bit of a better batter's eye. That pitch is down low for a ball. So Burrup has walked two. He's given up a couple of hits. And the Utes have now loaded him up for Foscalina, the right fielder. Probably not the kind of work Coach Littlewood was thinking of for Burrup here. He's already got 22 pitches in this inning. He was hoping to get two, maybe three out of them, but already we've got 
action in the Cougar bullpen just in case Burrup can't get out of this here in the next. I would assume if he doesn't get out of it right here, we may see a change. Kendall Motes, the right-hander, is down throwing. And here is Burrup's pitch. That's over for a strike. Oscalina looked around and thought that might have been up a little bit high. He didn't like that call, did he? <laughs> I thought it was up a little bit, too. Owen won the count. Here's Burrup's pitch. A little bit outside, 85 on the fastball there by Bo Burrup. Commanding presence on the mound, 6'5", 225-pound left-hander. And here's the 1-1 pitch. Ball hit hard and foul down the third baseline. So Burrup ahead in the count. One ball and two strikes. Good job coming inside right there on Foscalina. Not much he could do with that pitch other than foul it off and pull it down the left field third baseline. He's got to make another quality pitch right here, though. One ball, two strikes. Burrup long look in at uh, Dave Clausen. And here's the pitch. That's outside, ball two. The shade is about halfway between home plate and the mound right now, so definitely an advantage to the pitcher. That ball coming out of the bright sunshine into the shade. Yeah, that's tough. That is tough to pick that up on its way, and especially if you got something that's off speed coming in, catching the spin. Pitch just inside. Burrup thought he had him struck out, so the count will go full 3-2. Runners will be moving on the pitch. A little work left to do, and this is always a little unnerving for a pitcher when you're up there seeing guys in motion with a full count, two out situation. Here's Burrup's 3-2. Ball hit up the middle. Schneemans gloves it. He'll throw to first, and the Cougars get out of it just by giving up one run on the ground out by Foscalina. Utes with one run on two hits. No errors. Three big runners left on. We're through a half an inning. Utes one, Cougars nothing on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back here at Larry Miller Field, you'd score one in the top of the first. Cougars coming to the plate against uh, Jacob Rebar. Rebar, no wins, two losses, 5.61 earned run average. He is out of a uh, sophomore out of Tracy, California. And I think like the Cougars, the Utes are, we're going to see a lot of pitchers thrown out there tonight. Rebar gets the start as they've got a big series up in uh, Salt Lake against the University of Arizona this weekend. Yeah, listen to this schedule that, it, that Utah has after this one. They play home to Arizona, home to Stanford, right? Then they're Oregon, Washington, and Washington State, right? That's what they've got, and they've got another game against BYU sandwiched in between that one coming up on May 8th, and then uh, one against Utah Valley. So it's an uphill climb for the Utes. Brennan Anderson steps in. Rebar's first pitch is down low. Ball 189 on the fastball from Rebar. He's a big kid. 6'5", 230. Big left-hander. Well over onto the left side of the rubber out there as he looks in with that sun about halfway between the uh, mound and home plate. He did and a good pitch job. To Anderson's up high for ball two. He did a good job in the last uh, meeting between these two clubs up in Salt Lake City. He did a good job keeping BYU uh, in check. Didn't uh, you know walk too many guys. And BYU now is in a position to they've got to 
put a run or two on the board here and bounce back after that uh, top of the first. One ball, no strikes. Anderson hits this ball pretty well. Center fielder DeCursey going back on the at the wall makes Ooh. the catch. Brendan Anderson hit the ball well, but DeCursey able to go back and catch the wall about halfway back on the warning track. Looked like Kiersey thought the wall was a little yeah. closer uh, or that he was closer to it, kind of jumped expecting to hit the wall. That ball did start to carry a little bit. Again, we got that wind blowing out, but just just missed that. That would have been a nice little leadoff shot for uh, for Brennan to get things going. That brings up Daniel Sneeman. He'll step in. Sneeman, the junior out of Chula Vista, batting from the left side. And Sneeman squares the bunt, takes the pitch on the outside corner for a strike. Daniel, an excellent bunter. Average has uh, dropped to 231 on the year for the Defensive Player of the Year last year in the West Coast Conference. All-conference selection. Pitch to Sneeman's over for a call strike, two. 89 on that fastball from Rebar. Now Sneeman's in the hole. See if he can fight one off, find a way to get on base. No balls, two strikes. As Daniels steps back in, that pitch is well outside. Other action tonight in the conference. Cal Poly's at Santa Clara. St. Mary's is at Nevada. Cal State Bakersfield's at LMU. San Diego's at UC Irvine. And Pacific is visiting the Stanford Cardinal tonight. Stanford, right, uh, as we mentioned, uh, ranked number one in the nation right now. New coach there, Mark Marquis, after 40 years, hanging him up. Uh, we saw him coach his last game down in that regional last mm-hmm. year before getting knocked out. Quite a tradition down there he established. I mean, it's, it's a great program indeed. Two balls, two strikes. Here's the pitch to Schneeman. That's up high, ball three. Rebar on the year. This is his uh, second start. 14th appearance, 25 innings pitched, 25 hits. He's walked 19 in those 25 innings. Opponents hitting 266 off the left-hander. And here's a 3-2 to Schneeman. That's outside ball four. So Schneeman fell behind early 0-2, and then Rebar four straight pitches for balls. And the Cougars with their first base runner, and that will bring uh, Keaton Kringland to the plate. And you noted earlier that Rebar works from the third base side of the rubber, and three of those pitches were just on the outside corner missing. If he's working from the other side of the rubber, you know, sometimes you'll see pitchers make those adjustments, especially if batter's from the left side or the right side. But uh, he's sticking to that third base side right now with a runner on first. Kringland steps in with uh, Schneeman at first. First pitch to Keaton is outside, ball one. Four straight balls from Rebar. UC Davis leading San Francisco uh, top of the seventh at game uh, seven to three being played at UC Davis. Also, uh, St. Mary's leading Nevada 6-5. That game in the seventh inning being played uh, at Nevada. Quick throw to first base. You know, it looks like Rebar might be a little slow to home plate. Both Coach Littlewood. Take advantage of that. You see Coach Littlewood out there talking <laughs> to Stegner, the third base umpire, saying, hey, what was the difference? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Explain that. <laughs> and, you know, he's difference. got a good, it's, it's a good argument. 
Pringlin rockets one, center field. Back goes to Kiersey. He makes the play for out number two. So Kringlin flies out, and that will bring Brock Hill to the plate. Hill's been swinging it pretty good. Still showing his power. He's always a threat when he comes up to the plate. His batting average has jumped up a few points since uh, the last meeting between these two teams. See if he can get something going with two outs for BYU here in the bottom of the first. Hale leading the Cougars in uh, home runs and RBIs. He's one ahead of three guys. He's got 24 RBIs. Anderson, Sneeman, and Sue all have 23. And the pitch to Hale almost, it did hit him. Got him on the left leg, tried to come in. And uh, Brock Hale just couldn't quite get out of the way of that pitch. So runners at first and second base for BYU. Just couldn't quite get out of the way of that one. Rebar coming inside down low. Looks like Hale's okay. He's not, you know, limping around on first base at all. So good situation. Got him on the back leg, I think. Just kind of a glancing blow and then came up off the catcher's hand. So catcher, I think, got the worst of that. Mm -hmm. As Favero steps in, Nate, uh, 254 average. Got 18 RBIs on the year, yet to hit a home run. And the first pitch is up high, ball one. Does that surprise you that he hasn't, you know, gone? There's a few guys in the lineup, don't you think, that would, at this time of the year, normally have a a few more home runs, showing a little more power? If you you told me Kringlin, Favero, Clausen, and Dean... None of them would have a home run, as I mentioned before the game. I, I would have guessed they'd, they'd have 20 total between them. And, I mean, and, and not one between yeah, those guys. Yeah, nothing. Favero last year had seven home runs, hit 337, 46 RBIs. As he really got hot at the end of the year last year and really carried the Cougars. Runners at first and second base, two men out. And the pitch to Favero, the ball hit up. Second baseman under the glove, a run will score. Cougars will have runners at the corners. Usually Oliver Dunn, really a good defensive player, but that ball just got under his glove. It's a tough play, backhand, but they're going to give Favero a single and an RBI, and the Cougars have tied it up 1-1. Yeah, he hit that hard enough that uh, you know Dunn just really had to get over there and try to make a play on it. If he does, he's got to force out at second base, but that was kind of an in-between hop, and... You know, not being used to this turf, whatever it was, that's a good opportunity for BYU to even things up right here. And now, still a runner in scoring position at third. And a great opportunity for Sue to come up here and do really what he's done all year long, and that's be clutch. I mean, he has had big hit after big hit all year for BYU. Sue steps in. Four home runs on the year. 23 RBIs, runners at the corners, two men out. We're all tied up 1-1. And the first pitch to Sue is over for a strike. Another high fastball. Apparently this umpire showing that he likes those you know, fastballs at the numbers. He gave one to, to Bo in the last inning, and now he gave one to Rebar right there against uh, Sue. No balls and a strike. Brian Sue, the Cougar first baseman, steps in, and he hits one hard. Right fielder going back a couple of steps. He's there and will make the catch. For the out, Cougars get a run. 
no hits. No, or there was one hit, no errors, and two runners left. We're through one complete, 1-1, one, one, Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Well, Bo Burp lasted an inning. Now Kendall Motes is into the ball game. Kendall Motes, uh, one win, no losses, 2.79 earned run average. This will be his eighth appearance, all in relief. He's thrown nine innings. His biggest problem is giving up 11 walks. Opponents are only hitting 182 off the yeah, kid. He and throws strikes. That just drives, uh, you know, the coach crazy. Because, I mean, you know he's got the stuff. He's got it in him. It's just, is it focus? Is there something mechanically that's wrong? Because when he's putting it over the plate, guys just aren't seeing it very well. So that's where you want to, this is a perfect opportunity in this game, you know, for Coach Littlewood to get him out there, get some work. And like he mentioned in the pregame interview, you know, kind of face the, the live action. Matt Richardson steps in. First pitch is... Uh a little bit high for ball one. Richardson, the shortstop out of San Diego. He's a freshman. He's hitting 223 on the year with a home run, 17 RBIs. Here's Motes' pitch. And that's over for a strike. One ball and one strike. You look at the Utes lineup, you've got six underclassmen, freshman and sophomore in that starting lineup. And I'll tell you what, they're getting their experience right now in that Pac-12 conference and getting a lot of at-bats. And, you know, that's going to come back to, to really benefit them down the road getting that experience uh, this early in their college careers. One ball, one strike. Now Clausen's going to go out and have a little chat with uh, Motes. I'm sure about signs. The uh, shade part of the infield is just about to the, the base of the mound. Really tough right now for the left side of the infield and the left fielder, Kringlin. Wind has picked up a little bit since the game started, blowing directly out toward left center. Curveball drops in. Motes has got a very good slider. He can command it. This kid got was the winning pitcher in the West Coast Conference uh, Tournament Championship game last year against Gonzaga. He was dynamite. Here's the 1-2. That's down low. Two balls and two strikes. Tried to come back with the curveball again on that 1-2 count. Just a little too much, but, you know, in that situation, he's ahead in the count. Wanted to see if he could get Richardson to fish a little bit on that one. Now he's got to settle down with this 2-2 count, go to work, get this first out. The ball hit pretty well right at right fielder Brock Hill. He'll get there and make the catch for out number one of the inning, and that will bring Shea Kramer, the catcher for the Utes, up. Mote 6-2-2-10, right-hander. Senior out of Idaho Falls. Uh, pitched at Chemetka Community College. Mote's one of those guys who, you know, is hoping that a good performance here propels him in, you know, to more situations with uh, the remaining schedule to get a few more innings. I think there's still an opportunity for some of those guys to do that. Ball popped up. Brennan Anderson just uh, in shallow right field is there and makes the play for the out. So quickly, two men out for the Utes and Deshaun Kiersey, the leadoff hitter who uh, flew out to left field, will step in. Six pitches, two outs. That's efficient work, don't you think? That's about as good as it gets <laughs> as DeKiersey, the left-hander, steps in. 1-1 one, one the score, Utes and Cougars through one inning here in Provo. 
Third time the two teams have met this year. They'll have one more to go up in Salt Lake. Pitches outside for a ball. 88 on the fastball there by uh, Motes. DeKiersey, 373 average. There's a ground ball foul down the first base side. Took a little off that one, 80 miles an hour. As you, you noted earlier, that shade, that shadow is just right before where the pitcher releases the ball. So the ball, as it's coming out of the hand, is in the sunlight, and then it disappears right after that into the shade. So we'll see how DeKiersey uh, handles this one right here. One ball, one strike. Ball grounded foul again down the first base side. Scott Haas, former Cougar great uh, pitcher, so he knows what he's talking about on the mound. I I wouldn't listen to him too intently when he's discussing (laughs) hitting techniques or whatever, but as far as uh, Come on, every pitcher pitcher thinks that they can hit. In fact, you know, I was at Cal Ripken's house in Maryland last weekend, and I got to hit in his private cage. Wow. I was on fire. I'll tell you what. We cranked that machine up to 75. (laughs) I was (laughs) all-star. Pitch is down low. He was probably laughing all the way at the 75-mile-an-hour. Uh, yeah, he says that's what they train at. He said they BP. always, you know, yeah. they always hit around, you know, 70 to 75 BP stuff. Two balls, two strikes to Kiersey. Pitch from Moltz popped up, playable. Favero going back now. He's called off by the shortstop, uh, Daniel Seaman, who makes the play, and the Utes retired in order. Here in the second, we're through one and a half, one-one. Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Dave Clawson steps in for BYU as we go to the bottom of the second, one-one. The score. Clawson, Dean, and Burns do up here as Jacob Rebar working his second inning. Look, lefty's first pitch to Dave Clawson is over for a strike. Eighty-eight on the fastball. There by Rebar. As we saw last inning, BYU just really needs to put the ball in play and force Utah to make make plays defensively. All three outs last inning were fly balls, so it was a pretty routine inning for Rebar, other than the fact that he walked a guy and hit a guy. There was only one hit he gave up. Pitch to Clausen up high. Yeah, the first two Cougars, uh, well, if both uh, Kringlin and Anderson both flew to right field in the the walk to hit batter and the uh, Favero single up the middle. Plated the only run for BYU so far here as uh, Clawson steps back in. 1 1 pitch. Clawson fouls that one back into the screen. And the count 1 and 2. Pretty good cut at that one. We'll see if he comes back. Rebar comes back with another fastball on this one. Or tries to fool him with something off speed. Again, that shadow now just since. The last half of the inning now creeping up right where Rebar has his landing foot right here on his stride. One-two pitch. That's over for a call. Strike three. And Clausen knew it too, didn't he? Yep. Started walking to the dugout before the umpire called that strike three. One man out, and that will bring Kyle Dean to the plate. Dean, the DH for the Cougars. Kyle, 6'2", 210-pound sophomore out of San Diego. Seven RBIs on the year for Kyle Dean. This is his 11th start this year. He's played in uh, 17 games. And the first pitch inside, ball one. 
Dean last year started in 42 games for BYU, hit 279, six home runs, 26 RBIs. He's been hampered by injuries his entire career for the Cougars. Appears to be healthy now. Pitches outside. We were talking about the, the Cougar baseball sign out there in the batter's eye, and, boy, that is so critically for, for a batter. And uh, they've taken out that on either side of the 402 mark. So were, they, were the opponents complaining or were the batters for, I, for the I BYU think, hitters? I think the Cougars were complaining. And you know what? I would noticed it a little. Remember when the when Kramer couldn't catch a oh, baseball he here? Yeah. He, he Ball was hit off dropping. the umpire. Yeah, I think that was part of I think that night they kind of got thinking, hey, there's something not right. Can they have that where it just changes in between the innings? So when BYU's. <laughs> <laughs> have the paint know. guys out there. <laughs> With either Just white or blue paint, right? Flipping board back there, rotates. Two balls and a strike. Of course, with the new wall here, uh, you know, everything kind of knew the sight lines. Pitch to Dean, ball hit hard, left field, base hit for Dean. Well, Kyle Dean with a one-out single. It's a good swing, and we talked a little bit about this. You know, Dean has struggled with injuries, and now that BYU's had that seven-game break, I mean, it's a chance to reset and, and BYU has the perfect opportunity right now heading into these last four, you know, uh, series to, to be able to kind of straighten some things out, get back to the, what, the basics and get some guys some work, you know. Sometimes in a season you're just playing so many games you don't have time to go back to the fundamentals and, and hopefully you start to see some guys grooving just like we saw right there with Dean, putting a good swing on it, get some momentum, get some confidence for this last uh, stretch of the season. Jared Burns steps in. Burns fouls the pitch back. Well, Coach Littlewood, as he said in his pregame, couldn't have come at a better time yeah. as far as he was concerned. After the loss last uh, Tuesday night down in Tucson to a very good Arizona team, they had a, a kind of a hitters-only meeting with the coaches and got some things aired out. They only practiced once this week with finals. And, uh, well, a full team practice. They practice on Saturday. They're kind of in and out with, with finals uh, happening for the particular players. And, yeah, he's hoping for a little bit of spark. Pitches up high for ball one. Well, and you've got, again, I mean, you got a San Diego team uh, that's coming in that's been a little bit down this year. And, uh, you know, 7-11 on the season, 18-22 and 22 overall. So BYU, if they can just really start some things in motion tonight, has a good chance to not only win the series but sweep San Diego and get some real momentum heading into the uh, the next series next week against St. Mary's. Quick move to first base, and uh, back in safely is Dean. Well, it's all about momentum. It's all about getting that confidence, especially at the plate, mm-hmm. where you feel like there you get up there and it looks like a, a you know a big watermelon coming up at at you. And so far this year, the Cougars just have been unable to get that consistency at the plate. That, that, I mean, don't you feel that's been the biggest? No doubt. You know. Yeah change from last season but the pitching has been solid for the most part i mean they've kept them in most of the games an era right around four which is good in college baseball especially in this high altitude parks where they play one and two the count to jared perns the pitch is outside i mean all you can really do is ask your pitchers to keep you in ball games and give you opportunities and you know the game a perfect example against the utes earlier this season up in salt lake city when BYU tried that sacrifice, you know, bunt that coach was hoping to get a run, maybe two runs out of it, kind of backfired. And there were a couple things that game that went wrong, and BYU ends up losing that one. 
obviously a non-conference game, but those, again, are the tiny little things where Burrup had kept BYU in that ball game, gave up one three-run home run, but nonetheless, it was a it was a 3-2 to two game. BYU was down, and then just couldn't find a way to get over the hump, and the bats just uh, weren't there. Two balls, two strikes. Pern steps back in. Another throw to first, and again, Dean back in safely for, for his... Uh, Tightly contested as some of these games we've seen. Cougars really have dominated this series with the Utes winning 245 and only losing 117. So that, uh, you know, winning twice as much as your opponent as Pern swings and misses, and he goes down on strikes. Good fastball right there by Rebar outside corner, 89 miles an hour. Second strikeout of the inning for Rebar. Seems to be settling in a little bit. You know, it looked like Pern just didn't see the ball well. I don't know if that was the shadow and the sun, but both his swings were were off. A little bit late. Yep. Just seemed like the timing. It could be the shadow, as you mentioned. It's right there where that ball, when the pitcher's releasing it, is still in the sun, and then it just disappears in the shadow. Two men out, runner at first base. Pitch to Anderson, well outside, ball one. Brennan flew out to almost... The wall in straightaway center field his first time up. Hit a well. Pretty good poke. Yeah. To Kersey was able to run it down, make the catch. Brandon Anderson, three home runs on the year, 23 RBIs. Dean at first base, and here is the throw to first. And again, Dean uh, back in safely. Kyle. Uh, Got good speed, has not attempted a stolen base this year. Yeah, I don't know if Rebar knows that. <laughs> He's just trying to buy some time. Doesn't look like doesn't look like Dean's taking a huge lead over there. Pitch to Anderson. That's over for a strike. Umpire likes that high fastball. Yeah, he really does. He's been consistent there, which is all you can ask for. If he's going to call it a strike, you just hope that he's he stays there and everybody can pitch to that spot one ball one strike pitch to Anderson that's over for a strike yeah that's tough to pick up I mean I just watched again right there and you can just see that ball in the sunlight for just a split second as rebar's coming through and his delivery and then the ball just disappears into that shadow and it's only going to last for a few more minutes like that, but that's got to be tough right now for Anderson to pick up. Here's Rebar's pitch. Ball hit hard at the second baseman. He gloves it and will throw Anderson out. And the Cougars are retired here in the second inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, one man left. We're through two. 1-1, one, one. Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hey, Cougar Nation, it's Daniel Schneeman, shortstop at BYU, and you're listening to the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Go to the third inning. Utes and Cougars all tied up 1-1. Chandler Anderson, Oliver Dunn, Riker, Tom, the three scheduled hitters. Anderson and Dunn with the only two hits for the Utes. Back in the first inning. Anderson, a 226 average with uh, six RBIs on the year. Junior out of Park City, Utah. 
First pitch line, fair ball down the third baseline. That's in for extra bases. Anderson around first base, and he will end up at second base with a double. Well, he jumped on that. I mean, uh, first pitch, saw something, came out of his shoes. Favero just missed, making a great play towards the line on that one. But Anderson just sitting on that fastball, gave it a rip, leadoff double. It's interesting. You wonder if the sun had something to do with that. I, I agree. Favero gave it a great effort. And uh, he right was looking in right back into the sun. Yeah. This is tough time for hitters. Tough time for infielders. That sun right there. Right Ol- in their eyes. Yeah, Oliver Dunn steps in. He singled to right his first time up. There's a bunt. Picked up by Clawson. Throws the first. Throws wildly. Good bunt there by Dunn. I'm not sure if he would have had him. And there's a little confusion between Motes and Clawson uh, on who was going to field that ball. Yeah, that's – that's I got to be – I mean – the, the catcher has priority over the pitcher, but in that situation, because Motes is a righty, he can pick and and step and throw to the, ba- uh, the bag without having to spin around. Whereas Clawson, he's got to spin all the way around, and that's why he threw that ball away. Fortunately, Anderson backing up. But that easy play, that, that definitely in that situation, you practice that all the time, pitcher's going to take priority on that one when – when he can get to it and just step and throw. First pitch to uh, Riker Tom is up high, ball one. So the Utes with a double and a bunt single. Usually if your catcher can can come around that ball and be fielding it to where he's stepping and throwing and not having a spin around, then he'll go ahead and take that over the pitcher. But with Motes being righty again, he's got to take that one. Swing and a miss, and where it was down the third baseline, it really forced, uh, well, once uh, Clausen called the pitcher off, I mean, he had to do a 180 and throw and yeah. caused a wild throw, and, boy, what a what a break for the Cougars. Anderson heads up, Yeah, that actually caught the ball. Saved the run. That, that would have been the in the right field corner. And it was it was almost directly back to the mound that uh, it seemed like a pretty routine sack bunt right there. 1-1 one, one pitch over for a call strike. So Riker Tom now with a one-ball, two-strike count. Hughes threatening here in the third inning. As both Anderson and Dunn now, uh, both two for two on the evening here against BYU. There's a ball hit into right field, base hit. One run scores. Runner's going to try to go to third base, and he will slide in safely. So the Utes with runners at the corners on three consecutive hits. The lost speed pitch right there, curveball, left it up a little bit. And that time, Tom just sits back, puts it the other way. There's a big hole between first and second base with Anderson playing over and shading towards the bag in case he had a double play ball. But the Utes jumping all over the moats right now. With three straight hits. Miguel steps in. Kenny Sines is down in the pen working. The left-hander for the Cougars. And the first pitch to Miguel is over for a strike. Utes now two runs on five base hits. And three consecutive hits in the inning. They've taken a 2-1 lead and have runners at the corners. Cougars back in the infield, only to give up the run for the potential double play ground ball in the 
Check swing pitch is up high. One ball and one strike. Just about had him right there. Ball up in the zone again where the umpires like to call a few of those strikes. Miguelis, we know, has some power. He showed that the last time with that 3-1 home run off of Burrup. Wind blowing out here. Pitch is over for a strike, one and two. Motes 87 on the fastball. Motes relieved Burrup after the first inning, so he's in his second inning of work. It's just off the plate. Two balls, two strikes, 21 pitches now by Motes in the game. Just pepper in that outside corner, see if they'll go back outside or try to come inside on Miguelas and tie him up. Could use a double play ball right here. In at the corners. 2-2 pitch, that ball's grounded out in front of the plate. Motes picks it up, throws, and throws wildly. Came up and bounced it. And Sue unable to pick it up. That'll be an error on Motes. Almost looked like his uh, cleat might have got caught a little bit as he went to make the throw. Little swinging bunt. That'll be an error on Motes. And the Utes now with bases loaded, still nobody out. Yeah, his momentum was carrying him toward the baseline as he went to plant. Just kind of didn't look right. You know, we just watched the replay it again. and it w- That's, again, two bunts, a swinging bunt and then a, an actual bunt right there. You know, that's a routine play that these pitchers practice every single time. And you think it's just, a, you know, a standard ho-hum play, but... Those are the ones that are going to come back and cost you right now. You know, that's an out. And BYU, well, that's two outs this inning BYU should have had. And Moats had plenty of time. Plenty of time. Miguelis was so surprised the ball was in fair territory. Yeah. On the swinging bunt, he didn't he didn't get started for a split second. And Moats came in and just kind of rushed it. Yeah, had he, plenty of time to make the play. He had, he had the runner by two steps and just kind of short-armed it and short-hopped uh, Sue at first base. And so, you know, Moats, you know, the whole team comes out there and Coach Littlewood having a little chat with him, just you know, kind of letting him know, hey, take a deep breath. And you got a senior out there on the mound. He's been in these pressure situations before. Just come out, make your pitches, and you know, field the ball, throw the ball, play catch. Braden Benedictus steps in. Utes have scored one, threatening here with bases loaded, nobody out. Cougars back in the infield, except at the corners. They're about even with the bags. To Benedictus walked his first time up. Signs is ready in the pen. The right-hander Benedictus steps in against Motes. And the first pitch is over for a strike. That was a big pitch right there to start off with the strike. This uh, situation after having that, sometimes you can have that lingering thought in your head after that error, especially if you're the one who made the error. can compound things. Here's the 0-1. That ball grounded foul down the third baseline. And the count now 0-2 on Benedictus. Boy, Motes would love to get a strikeout right here. There's only a few situations, you know, in a game where you just are telling yourself as a pitcher and as a coach, you know, we really want a strikeout right here. Otherwise, you know, ground ball, fly ball, whatever works. But this is one of those situations. Oh, Oh, there's a pitch just off the corner. He missed that one. Clawson was set up off the plate a little bit. Yeah, Looked like that ball might have crossed the corner, but... uh, that looked good. Didn't get the call. Moats wanted that one. And I don't blame him. That definitely caught the outside corner. There's a curveball. That's over go. for a strike. That's a makeup call right there. Fool, fool him on the breaking pitch and one man out. 
Benedictus goes down, and Dominic Foscalina will step in. Yeah, Benedictus looked back at the umpire on that one on the curveball that was hanging. He thought it was up, and, you know, it was definitely questionable. This umpire has a higher zone, but the umpire missed that last call, and sometimes you're going to get those things to even out in your favor, and Moat's definitely getting the benefit on that. One man out, Foscalina steps in, and he fouls the first pitch off for a strike. That was a big Fos- out. Yeah, Foscalina grounded out his last time up. Boy, if the Cougars could somehow wiggle out of this with a ground ball or turn two, be a huge momentum boost for them. Maltz has got the sign. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Swing and a miss, 0-2. Isn't it interesting how you can turn a negative into a positive? I mean, you've given up a run. You've got the bases loaded. But if if Moats can find a way to get a double play ball and BYU can get out of this, as you mentioned, this can propel into the next inning for the offense to come to the plate with some momentum. 0-1 the count. Moats a long look in. Bases loaded. One run has scored here. And there is a fastball just off the plate. One and two. Good crowd in the ballpark here tonight in Provo. Is it is it Utah or is it finals week? Which one do you think is the bigger factor? I think it's 70 degrees. <laughs> I think so. I think, I think everybody's yeah. been inside studying, and they're looking for an excuse to get out, and you've got the weather, and it's Utah. Fly ball foul down the first base side out of Sue's reach. That's the trifecta, isn't it? Yeah. You were close to being right, but not not quite. <laughs> you know, it, Cougars have just battled the weather here this year. First series of the year against Nebraska Omaha was the best weather we had. Isn't that crazy? Well, it looks nice for the San Diego series this year. I mean, yep. it's supposed to be 82 on Friday, so it's only going to get better this week for San Diego coming to town. The crowds should be just as healthy. One ball, two strike pitch outside for ball two. Yeah. Apparently the plate is round right now because no corners being called for Moats. A <laughs> couple of those pitches look like they were right on the black and he hasn't gotten one of them. Two balls, two strikes. Moats uh, looking in shakes off Kloss and now he's set. And a 2-2 pitch. Boy, that good breaking pitch That's gets it. him. Boy, he has become a better pitcher since uh, committing the air. He looks a lot better. Well, and it's it's crazy how sometimes it's, you know something like that, an error, it, it forces you to focus, right? You know you got to make a better pitch, and he knew he was in a hole after that that error, and the bases are loaded with no outs, and now he's got back-to-back strikeouts. He's got to hopefully not relax right now and think, okay, I got those two. He's got a lot of work to do. One base hit and two runs are going to score. You know, and I think Clawson got he got crossed up on that pitch. He went out and talked to him. Expecting some kind of a fastball. Instead got a curveball. And there's another fastball in the inside corner to Matt Richardson. He's grooving. He falls behind in the count 0-1-1. Yeah, he's pouring in the strikes right now. Well, whatever Coach Littlewood said to him out there, give him a little shot of confidence, and he looks like a new kid. The 0-1's outside. Maybe he said if you pitch well, you can get the start on Saturday against San Diego. What do you think? <laughs> Any motivation, I, I, right? I, I doubt that was said, but that sounds good. They still haven't named a starter yet for yeah, Saturday, no, right? They have not. Yeah, maybe that's in the back of his mind. Whatever it is, it's working because he's found a groove. He's found his spot. That curveball 
just filthy right now. We'll see what he comes with right here. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Richardson. There's that breaking pitch. Stops in for a strike. One and two. West Coast Conference right now. San Francisco Pepperdine both 12 and 6 on top. LMU 11 and 7 a game back. And then Gonzaga St. Mary's 10 and 8. Cougars 7 and 8. So they're two games out of the loss column from first place. There's a curveball down a little bit low. They're going to appeal it down to the first base umpire. Says, did not go around, and the count evens up at two and two. Boy, he's got that breaking pitch going. Well, and you've got somebody like that. I mean, now Richardson has to look almost curveball, but you have to respect the fastball. So he's in a perfect situation right now with a two-two count. Richardson has no idea what's coming here. Two-two ball foul back. Richardson, the freshman out of San Diego, 223 average on the year. He flew out to right field his first time up. He's had 110 at bats, 30 hits, five extra base hits of those 30, and uh, 17 RBIs. This is a situation back when I was pitching, Coach Knoll, who was the pitching coach at the time, we'd do a dummy shake right here. So we'd have it where we knew the sign, but we'd just dummy shake. Two, 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 three, up high. two or three times to get the batter to think, wait a minute, what's he shaking off? He keeps shaking off. And just as you can get that question of doubt in the hitter's mind, he can come with a fastball or he can shake, and maybe it was a curveball to start with. But playing with the, pit, uh, the hitter's mind right now is the best thing he can do. 3-2 pitch. There he goes. Strike three called inside corner fastball. And Moats strikes, strikes out the, out the side with Woo. bases loaded. Great job by Moats. Usually two to one. We're through two and a half innings on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Daniel Sleeman will step up for BYU. Utes leading two to one as we play the bottom of the third inning here in Provo. Sleeman uh, steps in, batting from the left side. First pitch up high, ball one. Daniel walked and scored the only run for the Cougars back in the first inning. Kendall Motes, wow, what a job. Motes got himself in trouble and committed an error, and then he proceeded to strike out the side with bases loaded after giving up uh, one run. He gave up those three hits in a row, and you thought for a second, is he even going to get out of the inning, right? Yeah, Motes is uh, down there. Walking up and down the dugout. He's got a little adrenaline going after that, <laughs> striking out the side. There's a ground ball right at the first baseman, uh, De Benedictus, who grabs it, steps on the bag for the out. One man down, and that will bring uh, Kringlin to the plate. Well, this is where you'd like to see your offense come up right after that emotional, you know, three straight strikeouts and moats. Striking the last guy out looking with the bases loaded. And you want to carry that in to the bottom of the inning right here. Let's see right now if we can get Kringlin with uh, something at the plate. Kringlin steps in. He flew out to a center field his first time up there. And here's Rebar's pitch, and that's fouled straight back. Kringlin, uh, 299 hitter, coming into the ball game. Keaton, a phenomenal career here at BYU. Hit 369 as a freshman with five home runs, 23 RBIs. Last year, 
Hit 318, but had five home runs and 55 RBIs. He's one guy that, that BYU needs to get hot right now after this seven-day break and heading into the final final few uh, series here. A one pitch outside for a ball. Anybody else you think is critical for BYU's offense to just get hot? I mean, besides everyone? <laughs> right? I was kind of looking up and down the lineup, and I, was, I could pick about four or five guys out. But this is one of your team leaders, oh, right? Oh, no this, doubt. I mean, no. He, hey. he's got to go out and set the uh, yep. set he, the pace for everyone. He plays hard. He knows how to play the game. Uh, he's always got a smile on his face. Kid out of Cedar City, just kind of an overachiever. Came out of high school, not highly recruited. But I'll tell you, he has uh, uh, had a tremendous uh, collegiate career. Two balls and a strike to Kringlin. Hales on deck. He'll be followed by Favera. One out here in the bottom of the third. Utes leading 2-1. to one. Kringlin, base hit up the middle. So Kringlin with the Cougars' third hit of the ball game. And that will bring Brock Hale to the plate. Even though Kringlin flew out his first time at bat, he put a good swing on it. That time just right back up the middle. And again, these are good signs for BYU that you're getting some good at bats right now against a quality pitcher in rebar. And you know, this is this is this is really positive for BYU, not only to try to get things straightened out in this game, but get some momentum heading into this series against San Diego, a pivotal series this weekend. First pitch to Brock Hales over for a strike. Utes came out of the shoot this year, 0-14. They're now 9-28 on the year. As mentioned, lost their last six. Ten over their last 12. As they have really struggled, especially on the mound, have an ERA over six, giving up over six runs per game by the staff. Pitch to Hale, a fastball over for call strike two. Yeah, as we mentioned, you know, kind of earlier, Utah, a lot of those losses... You know, three runs or less. You know, they haven't been blown out of many games. I think the biggest deficit was UCLA, 12-4. to And they lost 15-7 to and 13-8 to to Arizona State just these last two games. So their pitchers definitely have been getting a workout. Two-pitch hit out to the first baseman. He's got it. He'll throw it a second for one. The return to first, not in time. So Benedictus picks it up and uh, gets Kringlin. Going to second base on the force play. And that will be the second out. Hale on in the fielder's choice. And Favero steps in. Nate, the RBI single his last time up. Hit it hard up the middle last time. Right under the glove of Dunn there at second base. Again, another guy that you know is critical to BYU getting hot here at the right time. Favero, the senior out of Vienna, Virginia, steps in. Goes the runner, pitches uh, over for a strike. Ball popped out of the catcher's hand just about as he was going to throw it, and he couldn't figure out where the ball was. It was kind of sitting right at at his feet. Stolen base for Brock Hale. That's his fifth of the year, and he's now in scoring position. And Favero with another RBI opportunity. Chance to knot this game up at two apiece. No balls, one strike. 
Vero has a brother who uh, has played for BYU now on a mission. That pitch is over for a strike. 89 on that fastball from Rebar to Vero. Trying to find a way to get him out. Now he's ahead in the count. See, Favero shortens up his swing right here. Quite a bit of room between shortstop and third base as Richardson tries to hold on the runner, Hale, at second. Here's the 0-2 from Rebar, and that's outside. Rebar in his career for the Utes has pitched in 30 games. Has an ERA of 5.68, three wins, seven losses, and three saves. I think last year he kind of was the the closer off and on. Mm -hmm. And this year's started a couple of games, uh, midweek games for the Utes. And here's the 1 2 to Favero. A little ground ball out toward the shortstop. He's got it. Throws the first, not in time. Infield single for Favero. Hale moves up to third base on the infield single, and that will bring uh, Sue to the plate. Favero got up that that line, didn't he? Pretty good. He runs well. 6'5", 200-pounder, but uh, he was moving. He was moving. He knew when he hit that he was going to have a chance to get there and extend the inning. Sue is up in the first inning with runners at first and third and flew out to right field. So another great opportunity here to at least tie this ball game up for Sue. That wind's booking right now out of center field. That that flag right there above the uh, Coach Poland's picture in uh, right center field. That that wind is blowing straight out. Pitch to Bryant. Gets away from the catcher. Here comes Hale. He slides safely. Came in head first. Rebar went head over heels over the top of Hale. Took a little bit of a late jump there. Didn't see the ball well. But he's got good speed also and has tied it up here. Well, and the umpire was in great position to make this call. Rebar thought he got there, but we're watching the replay, and clearly Hale got his hand in on the plate before he tagged yeah, him. No doubt. Wasn't even close, but that ball, it caromed back off right back to, to yeah. uh, Kramer and just allowed him to make a play and get it to Rebar in time. But that's... Uh, We've seen this before with with Kramer having a tough time picking up the ball. That wasn't that wasn't a pitch that was too far outside for for Kramer to handle. No, that was a couple of big bodies too coming to home plate together. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that was a collision. Yeah, Rebar Re- went head over heels over the top of Hale, who came in head first. He did, and kind of a fun play to watch. But uh, he was safe, and the Cougars have tied it up at uh, two to two. You know, it's been interesting to watch on this turf infield where what normally would be dirt is turf as well and to see how how well players slide. I mean, you just don't think the turf is going to have that characteristic and slide like dirt, but, you know, it's, uh, I mean, Hale came in and it was just like he was on regular yeah. dirt out there. You wouldn't know any difference by being up here watching it. Favara moves up to second base on the wild pitch. And the Cougars with single runs in the uh, first and third, just as the Utes have scored singles in the first and third, have tied it up 2-2. And now Sue with an opportunity to give the Cougars a lead. Here's Rebar's pitch, popped up. 
That's Second be a tough baseman ball. going out, right fielder coming in. Right fielder uh, Dominic Foscolina makes the catch for the out. And the Cougars are retired here in the inning. One run, two hits, no errors, and one man left. We're through three. 2-2, Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Jay Kramer will be the batter for the Utes as we go to the fourth, all tied up 2-2. It's been, uh, you know, a lot of action in this ball game for just four runs scored through the first three innings. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit of everything. A couple swinging bunts, a couple of airs, a couple of close plays at the plate, pass ball. And Red Parkinson on the hill for the Cougars as he takes over for Motes. Red Parkinson this year has had a, a good senior year. One win, no losses. He's thrown 23 innings. And Parkinson's pitch is over for a call strike. Red Parkinson, 1.57 earned run average. 17 hits in those uh, 23 innings, but only four earned runs. Second lowest DRA on the team right now. Is that where we're at? Yeah, opponents hitting 218 off the left-hander. And here's the 0-2, just off the plate. Another close one there. We know the umpire doesn't like that outside corner. He put it right there, but that's a great 0-2 pitch to start off Kramer. Parkinson, six foot, 195-pound senior out of Wellsville, Utah. Pitched at Salt Lake Community College, and he swings and misses at a... Uh, Curveball and uh, Shea Kramer goes down on strikes. That's that, four straight strikeouts for the Utes. That that was a filthy, filthy pitch, right there from from the Cougar left-hander. I mean that thing came in and you could see it from up here. It started to to move on him and he had no shot. It was a great pitch by Parkinson to get that first out and again continue right where Moats left off last inning with another strikeout. Deshaun Kiersey steps in. He is 0 for 2. And the first pitch over for a strike. Utes have had a couple of guys down throwing. I would imagine you'll see a new U pitcher here in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, Spencer Kevin Johnson has been throwing as well as uh, Riley Pierce. Here's the 0-1. Hmm. Over just for call, strike two. Pound in the zone. He's just pounding the zone. He's only thrown one ball, and it was just an inch or two off the plate. And this is exactly what you want your pitcher to do after you come back, you know, at the bottom of the inning. You just tied it up. And uh, you don't want to give up that momentum. And he's just come right back at Utah. 0-2 pitch, curveball fouled off. One man out here in the fourth inning. DeKiersey, uh the leading Ute hitter, hitting 373 on the year, 126 at-bats. 47 hits come into the game. Three-year starter for Utah. Pitch is high and tight. Good pitch there on the 0-2. Yeah, Parkinson sometimes, uh, you'll notice, he kind of leans and comes a little sidearm, especially when he's ahead in the count looking for that out pitch. And with Kiersey being a lefty, we got lefty on lefty. He's trying to get a little bit of that advantage. One, two, Just pitch, got him there. strike three called. Five straight Utes down on strikes. 
Groovin. Two men out, and Chandler Anderson. Cougars have not gotten him out yet. He's single in the first and scored, and doubled in the third and scored. He's been the only Ute to score a run. Yeah, Kiersey that time, I think, was guessing off speed, considering what he just saw happen with Kramer. And that time, Parkinson put the fastball high in the outside corner. Nothing Kiersey could do with it. Anderson steps in, pops it foul, out of play. Chandler Anderson uh, having quite a game, hitting only 226 on the year. 106 at bats, 24 hits. He's got two here tonight. Raises average up to 241. And here's the 0-1. Ball hit hard. That's Schneeman. He's got it on two hops, throws the first, and the Utes retired in order. Great inning. Here in the fourth, 2-2, Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Couple of score updates from the West Coast Conference. Uh, San Francisco and UC Davis nodded in a 7-7 tie in the 11th inning down at uh, Davis. St. Mary's beat Nevada 11-5, and Oregon State leads Portland 3-0 in the bottom of the third. That game being played at Portland. I got to tell you, this is about as good as it gets, right? I mean, we've got a packed ballpark. You got the smell of burgers and dogs wafting through the air. 2-2 ball game. You got BYU in Utah. Beautiful night. Mm. This is special. Dave Clawson will step in for the Cougars. Uh, Kyle Dean and uh, Jarrett Perns, the next two scheduled hitters. New pitcher Riley Pierce for the Utes, wearing number 10. He's a left-hander, and the first pitch is over for a strike. Yeah, 0-2 on the year, Pierce. ERA a little over seven. Five appearances so far, so again... Utes doing the same thing as BYU, just getting some of their guys some work here before they head into their big series against Arizona later this week. Which is outside. Pierce has given up uh, 15 hits and in nine innings, nine runs, three strikeouts, five walks. Opponents hitting 366 against the left-hander, so he has struggled for Utah. Pierce, a Salem Hills High School product. We saw him in the last outing against the Cougars as uh, Clawson loops one right at the second baseman who makes the play for the out. A little looping line drive that easily caught by Oliver Dunn. Now bring Kyle Dean up. Dean is one for one. He singled his first time up. Yeah, Pierce came inside that time. Clawson just uh, got it in on the hands a little bit. Couldn't do a lot with that one. Just fisted it over second baseman. Kyle Dean Sophomore out of San Diego, hitting 222 on the year. And the first pitch from Riley Pierce is down low, ball one. Pierce 87 on the fastball on that pitch. He is a redshirt freshman for the Utes. And here's the pitch to Kyle Dean, a swing and a miss, one and one. Dean, another one of those guys that you expected to have a few more uh, home runs this, you know, at this point in the season. I mean, yeah, he does, no doubt, you know the consistency. Of, he's got uh, the power. Yeah, hitting two twenty-two. Right? Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a five-five-tool kid. 
very highly recruited baseball player out of the San Diego area. Ball fouled off. In fact, at the time he was signed, everyone in the know thought he was the highest recruited uh, signed baseball player ever to come to BYU. He's 6'2", 210. He's a sophomore. You know, so he's still got some opportunities and some experience and some A-Bs ahead of him here. Has red shirt of the year with the, uh, the injury that he had. Mm-hmm. Dean down the third baseline. That is a fair ball. Third baseman, long throw. And he is safe at first base. Infield single by Dean. Looked like that ball almost went right over the top of the bag. Third baseman, the Riker, Tom. Made a good, strong throw, but Dean, with a good wheel, is able to beat it out. Yeah, close play. Some of the Utah fans over there by the dugout, not uh, not too happy with that call, but we're watching again here on the replay. Definitely got there before the ball did. It's a great call by the umpire and giving BYU an, uh, you know, at least a, an opportunity here in the bottom of the inning to get something started. Jarrett Perns now steps in. He struck out his first time up. Jarrett uh, hitting 341 as he steps in. He's come in and uh, earned that center field job. Has done a good job for the Cougars. First pitch over for a strike. Looked like a a straight change right there by Riley Pierce. Came in at uh, 77 miles an hour. Perns, one of those guys, last time these two teams met, he was just red hot. Everything he was seeing, he was getting on base a lot for BYU. And he's moved around in the lineup a little bit. Here's the 0-1, squared to bunt. Took the pitch a little bit low. Third baseman was well back. and Not a bad idea by Perns. As uh, Riker Tom again goes back behind the bag at third. Perns runs well. Well, he's definitely got the speed. And also you've got a lefty on the mound. He can take advantage of that if he wanted to. Moved to first base, and uh, Dean back in standing up. You get a bunt down that third base line, and a left-hander has to come and field it off the mound and then wheel around and throw to first base. That's a much harder play than if you're a right-handed pitcher coming off the mound and fielding that. Ball and a strike. Here's the pitch to Perns. Fouls it straight back, one and two. Good cut. Good look at that fastball. Mike Littlewood, sixth year at BYU in the third base coaching box. Trent Pratt over on the first base side, the associate head coach. Also assisted by uh, Brent Herring, Jeremy Thomas, Tuckett Slade. As this Cougar staff working hard to light a fire under this team. and About 17 games left, uh, hoping they can uh, finish strong and get into that conference tournament. They've been certainly a fixture in that tournament. They won it last year. And again, maybe explain for some of the listeners who makes the tournament at the end of the year. The top, top top four teams. Top four teams. So BYU right now, you know, sitting just uh, out of that in sixth place. But as you mentioned, two of the teams that BYU plays in the Final Four series are ahead of them. So there is some control over your own destiny. Yeah. All you got to do is win ball games, and you, you'll be in. Last year, the Cougars 20-7 and seven in, the, in the regular season, which just kind of blew everybody away, them and Gonzaga both. Right. I think that's the best winning percentage 
in the West Coast Conference uh, history. And uh, this year, uh, everybody's now got at least six losses, so that's not going to happen again. Two balls, two strikes. Here's Pierce uh, throws the first, and uh, Kyle Dean back in safely. Yeah, Pierce definitely giving a lot of respect over there to Dean at first base, seeing if he's trying to catch him here on a hit and run or something else. Coach Littlewood may have on. 2-2 pitch outside. Ball three. Top of the order, Brennan Anderson in the on-deck circle. 2-2 the score. Cougars with uh, single runs in the first and the third. Utes the same. Both teams with five hits. Cougars have committed the only error in the ball game. That was committed by Kendall Motes, the reliever. And here's a 3-2. Runner going. Popped up. First baseman coming over near the Utah dugout. That ball's going to find the seats. Well, nobody tried to catch that one. They were running away from that one. Now, here's the difference from when I played, you know, a long time ago, right? Foul balls, you didn't get to keep those. You had to throw those back. We needed those, right? (laughs) That's right. Right now, I mean, it's... It's a different, uh, it's a different era here. They, they were back in the umpire's pocket within you, an inning. You got a big league ball, but <laughs> yeah, you get, you know, you, someone would get a reward at the snack shack for bringing the ball back, and now it's a souvenir for this. Now they wouldn't know, even give him a cougar tail. Awesome. They might throw him a little bag of peanuts or something, maybe some cracker jacks. Cougar tails didn't exist back then, Brent. Come on now. Don't, Three don't, balls, don't two do. strikes. Pern swings and misses. Dean going down, yeah. and he's going to get thrown out. Looked like Jarrett swung at a pitch up in his eyes. He strikes out, and Dean strike him out, throw him out. Cougars are retired, and any no runs, one hit, no errors, and no one left. We are through four complete. 2-2, Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. What's up, BYU fans? This is second baseman Brennan Anderson, and you're here listening on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Oliver Dunn steps in as we go to the fifth inning. 2-2 the score. Utes and Cougars here in Provo. And the first pitch to Dunn is over for a strike. Red Parkinson working his second inning here for BYU. Retired the Utes in order with a pair of strikeouts his first inning. Pitch to Dunn, a swing and a miss. And Parkinson can be just devastating to left-handed hitters. I'll tell you what, he's been the most impressive pitcher that I've seen, you know, in the last couple of games for BYU. He's consistently pounding the plate. He's got 23 strikeouts to seven walks on the season. You just know you're going to get balls right around the zone. He's getting ahead of guys, and then he's just peppering the corners. He's got guys swinging at stuff that, you know, just... He's doing a great job of, of establishing command up there on the mound, and he's working fast. Is exactly what BYU needs right now and, and will need to be successful this year. One and two, that's a fastball on the outside corner for a strike. What I love about what he's doing, he's, he's throwing that curveball, but then his real pitch is the fastball. That's the strikeout pitch because they're all sitting on that good curveball. Yeah, and he's got that. He's got a slider. He's got a curveball. He's got the fastball with good pop on it. And uh, it's just catching some of these guys off guard. But that's the third strikeout for Parkinson. It's just money right now for BYU on the hill. First pitch to Riker. Tom, that ball's fouled off. 
Biggest crowd of the year here is the grandstand even out over down the right field line is full. So a good crowd in the ballpark. We were arguing here earlier about why. Finals week, or and I, I thought it was the weather. I think it's all of the above, right? You got finals, you got the Utes, which, you know, rivalry games always bring out uh, BYU fans or Utah fans. Red or blue, doesn't matter where it's going on. But then you've got the weather on top of that. April just doesn't get any better than that. One ball, one strike. That ball hit pretty well left field. That ball's going to be in the gap. And Perns goes over, picks it up, and will hold uh, Riker Tom to a double. Tom's second hit of the ballgame. He's got both uh, RBIs for the Utes. As he will stand at second base with one man out, and that will bring uh, Eric McGillis to the plate. He just left uh, that one out over the plate. Tom putting a good swing on it, sitting on the fastball, jumped all over it. Now you got a runner in scoring position. And, you know, in a close ball game like this, in every one of these hits, this is crucial. Nobody has the luxury of a big lead at this point to relax. Miguelas comes to the plate. Junior out of Tucson. That ball's hammered pretty well. Left center field. Back goes Perns. That's up off the wall on one hop. Riker Tom around third base. He's going to score the third run for the Utes. And uh, back-to-back hits by Utah, giving them the lead 3-2. Well, without fail, you just start singing someone's praises and, uh, you know, how well they're throwing, and all of a sudden two hits later. I mean, he's still throwing strikes, just catching a little bit too much of the plate. Miguelis, we know, has uh, some power. That ball was up in the zone, and uh, he jumped all over that one. Another first-pitch Swinging double on that one by Miguelas, scoring a run for the Utes. Benedictus now steps in. Swing and a miss at a curveball for strike one. Uh, Benedictus has uh, walked and struck out in the ball game. Alex Perrone, the right-hander, is throwing. I know Coach Littlewood wanted to get him in for an inning or two. You know, the pitchers, I think, affects more than anything. You that seven-day layoff. You need to see... Have them get into some uh, live situations. Ball foul at the plate. Well, and it's key, and that's that's why this game is so critical after the layoff to get guys in there. I mean, you can only throw so much batting practice and guys standing in and trying to replicate that and some inner squad. Um, and it's a good time to tweak some things, but throw guys out there and see how they're, you know, how they perform in these you know situations with the you know an important game for BYU. Oh, two pitches uh, up high. You know, Parkinson's right around 87-88 with his fastball, and as you mentioned, he's got good life in that fastball. I, mean, I think his curveball is his best pitch, and nobody's shown yet in the Utes lineup that they can hit the curveball. And I'm saying, you know what? Until someone shows me that he can, they can hit a curveball off of him, it'd be a steady diet of curveballs coming out of Parkinson's left hand right here against the Utes lineup. Those last two hits they had were both fastballs, and they laced those to left center field. Two balls, two strikes to Benedictus. Ball's foul at the plate. Came back with another curveball in the inner half. Utes leading the Cougars 3-2 to two here at uh, Larry Miller Field. 
Two strikes, runner on second. What do you think he's coming with right here? He's going to go back to the curveball? Two think and two, I think he'll come curveball. Cougars' big series this weekend in Provo against uh, San Diego. There's the curveball. Came in and bounced up and off of Clawson. I, th- I thought that might have hit ben- Benedictus. It looked like he could have, but Benedictus didn't really react to it, so he probably could have gotten away with that one if he w- pretended like it hit his foot. Yeah, if he'd gone down. Full count to Braden D. Benedictus. He kind of started off that uh, strikeout binge for the Utes a couple of innings ago, D. Benedictus, and got an open base there for Parkinson. Doesn't want to leave something too good out there with a runner on second, but at the same time. 3-2 pitch, little looper outside of first base. will fall into foul territory up into the crowd. And a girl sitting there on the, on the ground by the grandstand. Uh, came up with a baseball. A little souvenir right there. Nice. Wasn't hit very hard. Again, 3-2. Parkinson looks at second and the pitch. Little looper into right field. In comes Hale. That's going to drop in front of Brock. So there will be runners at first and third. Couldn't tell if that was off the end of the bat or off the handle, but just not hit hard at all in front of uh, Hale. little looper there to right field, just kind of those ones that drive you crazy as a pitcher because you make a good pitch in that situation. Oscalina now steps in. Utes... Uh, with runners at the corners, Foscalina has grounded out and struck out in the ball game. Foscalina was struck out by Motes his last time up, first time he's seen. And there's a bunt down the first baseline, throw home, and he is going to be safe at the plate. Boy, Sue came up, got the ball quickly to Clawson, and the umpire made the quick safe call. Boy, very close play at home plate. As he was playing a little bit of small ball there. Yeah, it looked like his lead leg was up and off. Yeah, yeah it, his lead leg was up and off the ground. It didn't hit the plate. I mean, he crossed the plate before the tag applied. His leg did, but it wasn't on yeah. the plate as he crossed. So I think it kind of deceived the umpire that he was sliding across the plate, but his foot was in the air, so he really didn't touch the plate until his back leg came through. Where's that instant? Don't we have the instant replay going yet in college? There's a ball hit into center field. That's going to drop in front of the center fielder. One run's going to score. Ball's bobbled out there. Another run will score. And the Utes have put four on the board here. And they lead by a score of six to two. Ball was slicing away from Burns. He he jumped and tried to short hop that ball. It came up and off his glove and glanced out toward the wall, which allowed another Utah runner to score. Yeah, he's got a little bit of sun that's still just peeking over the uh, over the top of the shade canopy here in right center field. It looked like for a second he was going to maybe go for that yeah. and dive for that ball, but then he kind of pulled up at the last minute. So got a situation after four straight hits by the Utes and a few runs. 
Time to make a change for the Cougs. Well, Alex Prone coming in. We'll take a 60-second break. Be back with more Cougar baseball on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Alex Perone, the new pitcher for the Cougars, as he'll come in in relief of uh, Red Parkinson, fourth Cougar pitcher on the mound. As uh, the Utes have scored four here in the inning. That's kind of how it goes sometimes. I mean, Parkinson came in on fire, and on top of that, he was building on Moats, who had struck out the side. So we had the Utes go strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Two more on top of that with Parkinson, and so five of the six outs were strikeouts. He starts off the inning in the top of the fifth with a strikeout, and he gives up four straight hits, three doubles, and the Cougs are down now 6-2. to two. How quickly things can change when it looked like Parkinson was just cruising right along. He had the curveball working. He had the fastball working. He had guys fooled, and then all of a sudden, again, the Utes came out really aggressive. Those first two hits by Tom and Miguelis were both first pitch fastballs. They just laced the left field. Then at that point a little flare shot by Denny Benedictus to right field. And then that double by Foscalina. We've got a different ball game here for BYU. Shea Kramer steps in. He's 0 for 2. Alex Prone will be his ninth appearance. 3.06 earned run average. 17 innings pitched for Perone. And here is the first pitch to Shea Kramer. And that's over for a call strike. 89 mile an hour fastball there on the outside corner. Perone wearing number 27, 6'2", 175-pound JC transfer out of uh, College of Southern Idaho. Grew up in uh, Las Vegas. Pitch is up high. One ball and one strike. Perone, interesting uh, kid was a uh, recruit uh, to University of San Diego. Lasted a a semester there, didn't like it. Went to College of Southern Idaho. Then he committed to Pepperdine out of CSI. Coach Littlewood knew who he was, knew about him, and uh, Perone called coach and said, hey, I've I've decided uh, that uh, Pepperdine's not for me. Pepperdine's not the place. Come on down. uh, Yep. So he's here at BYU, got a very good arm. 1-1 pitch to Kramer. Here's a ball hit hard. Schneeman up with a deep in the hole. Throw to first base in time for the out. Robbing Kramer right there of a base hit. That's one of those times. I mean, a great play by Schneeman. That ball was just ripped to his right. Had to make a quick move. But because of the turf, you can get your footing. You know, sometimes that dirt, when you're trying to get up after being down, he was able to get up right to his feet and have some footing to be able to make that that throw across the field to Sue and get him out. Great play by Schneeman. Two men out. Top of the order to Sean Kersey now steps in. Utes leading this was in 6-2 to two as they've scored four runs here in the fifth inning. And Perone's pitch is outside for a ball. Kersey 0 for 3 today. Batting from the left side, slightly open stance at the plate. And here is Perone's pitch. That's over for a strike. Close play at uh, the plate here in the inning went the Utes way. 
And they have tacked on uh, four runs here on uh, four base hits. Here's the 1-1. Looper left field. That's going to drop in for a base hit. That's going to score another run for the Utes to Kiersey around first base, and he'll end up with a double, fourth double of the inning. A little inside-out swing there by Deshaun Kiersey. Yeah, what pitch Richardson was scores from second. Inside right here. He kind of came down on that one, dropped the barrel, just got it, just got it right there, left side of the field. And again, as you mentioned, doubles for everyone here in the uh, top of the fifth for the Utes. BYU's got to find a way, two outs right here, stop the bleeding, give themselves a chance with, you know, down five runs now. Chandler Anderson steps in. And the first pitch is over for a strike. Anderson's showing bunt. Utes have bunted a couple times uh, in the ball game, and it's, it's worked out for them. Last time up, uh, just trying to, a safety squeeze situation that uh, worked out well as the throw home not in time to get the runner. Line drive, base hit into left field. Another base hit, another run. And the Utes have scored six big runs in the inning. They've now batted through the lineup here in the top of the fifth. We've got Dunn, who started off the inning with a strikeout, now getting a a chance to come back up here. And time for another change. Coach Littlewood saying, you know what, we got to get somebody who's going to just put an end to this. Kenny Sines coming in. Let's take a 90-second break. Be back with more Cougar baseball action right after this on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, the Utes have opened up a big lead here. They've scored six runs on five or six base hits in the inning. Brent Norton along with Scott Haas here. And boy, you've got to give the Utes a lot of credit. They've really pounded the ball well here in the uh, top of the fifth inning. Yeah, and with one out, they started all of this with uh, with one out after striking out, and this is the guy who struck out to start the inning off. Done for the Utes is back up now. Only difference is the scoreboard has six more runs on it since he, he was last at bat in this same inning. Done two for three in the ballgame. Kenny Sines, the new pitcher for the Cougars. One win, two losses. This will be his ninth appearance of the year. He has started three games for BYU. Throwing 17 innings. Another throw to first. And uh, the base runner Chandler Anderson is three for four in the ballgame. Back into first base safely. Yeah, Coach Littlewood just looking for someone who can come out here, get an out. It's all BYU needs right now to get out of this inning. They've got their work cut out for them. Try and score some runs, but first things first. Signs hoping to at least put an end to this barrage of hits from the Utes. Kenny Signs, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Pitched at the University of Oklahoma before uh, transferring here to BYU. And coming out of fall baseball, he was the the number one guy. He was the Thursday starter for the Cougars and struggled, you know, after uh, when spring ball started, mainly with his command. He's averaging a walk an inning. He's got a little over 17 innings pitched so far this year and 18 walks, 17 strikeouts, so he's 
you kind of, as you mentioned, you don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the strikeout signs? Are you going to get the walkout signs? And that consistency has been a struggle for him so far this year. One ball, one strike. That pitch is over, one and two. As you mentioned, Cougars really burning through pitchers. And, you know, they've done this in the past midweek games, but not in a game where they're down 8-2 to two, where they, you know, running out of the guy out there every inning. But looks like uh, that might be the case here in tonight's ball game. This is the fifth pitcher to come to the mound. There's a swing and a miss. And uh, Dunn goes down on strikes. For, uh, struck out twice in that inning. <laughs> but the Utes with uh, six runs on six hits. There were no errors. One man left. We are through four and a half. Eight, two. Utes over the Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. The biggest crowd of the year, 2,605 in attendance in the ballpark. Unfortunately, right now, a little disappointing. Uh, most of the fans here. Cougars down eight to two. New pitcher for the Utes, number 25, Spencer Kevin Johnson. Sophomore out of uh, Syracuse, Utah, by way of College of Southern Idaho. He will come on to pitch to the top of the order for the Cougars. Utes with six runs in the fifth inning, Scott. Top of the inning uh, was on six base hits. Yeah, that was a rough inning for BYU. No one could, uh, I mean, we started off, as you mentioned, Dunn struck out to start the inning for the Utes, and he finished the inning with a strikeout for the Utes. They went through the whole lineup, but in between that, was it was a double fest for Utah. So now BYU's got some work to do here in these uh, innings and the remaining in this game, try to chip away at this lead, put something together. Anderson steps in, first pitch outside, ball one. San Francisco and UC Davis still tied uh, 7-7. That game now in the 12th inning. Oregon State has added uh, now leading 4 to nothing over Portland in the 5th. Santa Clara leading Cal Poly 4-0, uh, that in the 3rd. Anderson swings and misses 1-1. One and, one. and San Diego leading at UC Irvine 1-0, that game in the bottom of the 1st. Spencer Johnson into pitch for the Utes. Big right-hander, comes right over the top. Good fastball. There's a fastball at 90, and Anderson swings and misses. As you mentioned, you know, BYU having this layoff seven days since their last game in Arizona, coming off a couple of losses, trying to get back on track before this big series with San Diego coming to town this weekend here in Provo, a crucial series for BYU if they want to stay in the hunt for postseason action. One and two the count. Pitch Anderson fouls that one back. Yeah, Thursday night seven, or at six o'clock Thursday, six o'clock Friday, one o'clock on Saturday. Terreros of San Diego, Rich Hill, the head coach there, making their way to Provo. Cougars have struggled against the Terreros, but the last couple of years have really put it together. They swept the Terreros two years ago here and Won two of three last year in San Diego. That was the series that really propelled the Cougars. On to some big things. That pitches up high, two and two. A couple of come from behind victories that uh, 
gave this team a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum, and they just uh, kept rolling from there. And they're playing UC Irvine right now, is that right? That's right. Currently up in the first inning, one to nothing. Johnson from the stretch. Here's the pitch to Brennan Anderson. That's up high for ball three. Anderson's got to find a way to get on. That's his job as the leadoff guy. Worked the count a little bit. Got down early in the count to Johnson. Now he's got a chance to get on and maybe create some momentum for BYU here in the bottom of the fifth. Here's Johnson from the stretch, 3-2, and Anderson swings and misses right through a, a fastball. Goes down on strikes. Brennan now 0 for 3 in the ballgame, and that will bring Schneeman to the plate. He's walked and grounded out. Good fastball right there by Johnson, just right at the knees. Anderson couldn't catch up with that one. Johnson showing again. He's right around 90 miles an hour on that fastball, and that's all he's thrown. He's thrown one slider in that count to Brennan. Other than that, just a steady diet of fastballs. Johnson, impressive, 4.95 earned run average, his 14th appearance. In 20 innings, only given up 13 hits. There's a ball hit right at the first baseman. He'll take it to the bag for the out. So two down quickly here for the Cougars, and Kringlin steps in. Well, we'll see if BYU can get something going with two outs. You know, every inning's precious right now with this huge lead. I think it's kind of... You know, the crowd's kind of stunned by it a little bit. I think the players, you know, it just kind of happened so quickly. And, uh, I mean, we had a 2-2 ball game there. It looked like, you know, everything was just, you know, cruising along. Then just out of nowhere, Utah just strung those hits together. BYU in a big hole. Kringlin one for two on the day, steps in. Single his last time up, and the first pitch is down a little bit low for ball one. Keaton Kringland uh, hitting uh, 3.03 as a batting average as he steps in. And Spencer Kevin Johnson right over the top of that fastball, and that's uh, poured in for a strike. Boy, very consistently right at 90 miles an hour with that fastball. I think uh, just about every pitch he's thrown has been right there at that mark. Not only is he consistent with his velocity, but his location. He's kept the ball down so far on almost every pitch. He's right there at the knees. Fouls that one down the third baseline. One of the rear off-speed pitches from Johnson right there. We'll see what happens on this next pitch. Again, 1-2 count for Kringlin. One ball, two strikes, two men out. We are in the bottom of the fifth inning. And here is Johnson taking a long time on the hill. Here's the pitch to Kringlin, a little looper down the right field line. That will uh, slice foul into foul territory. Looks like the wind's relaxed a little bit out there. Not quite as strong to the outfield little bit of a breeze but nice night for baseball that's for sure next week next tuesday night the cougars will be at cal berkeley playing uh, the cal bears 
And then they'll move on to uh, St. Mary's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those are all day games. No lights at St. Mary's. Game scheduled at 3 o'clock on uh, Thursday and Friday. That's your favorite park to go visit, right, oh, yeah. Brent? One of my favorite places. <laughs> One, two pits down low for a ball. Looks like all the games are at 3 o'clock. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Tough to get a flight out of the Bay Area after 4 o'clock in the afternoon, yep. so you might as, well play, might as well play later. Then the next weekend, the Cougars will uh, travel to take on the San Francisco Dons as Kringlin swings and strikes out on a fastball at 92, that, that ball pitch. And the Cougars retired in order. We're through five complete. Utes eight, Cougars two on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Riker Tom steps in against Kenny Sines. First pitch is a little bit low, ball one. Riker Tom has a couple of RBIs, a couple of hits, and a run scored in the game. Richard Freshman out of Cedar City. He was also a commit to University of San Diego before making his way to Utah. 2-0 the count. Signs, signs getting uh, the tourniquet uh, duty last inning to try to stop the bleeding for BYU. Came in and got that strikeout to end the inning last, uh, last time. See how he can start off right here and get a little momentum for BYU. Get, get the bats up there again. 3-0 pitch way outside. So Riker Tom with a Lead-off walk, and that will bring uh, McGillis to the plate. Cougars have another right-hander beginning to throw. Well, people are getting definitely their work, right? You know, Cougar uh, pitchers, that's what <laughs> Coach Littlewood, he wanted guys to get some innings, and he's definitely getting that. That's uh, no shortage of batters. BYU to face tonight. First pitch to Miguelas is over for a strike. Eric Miguelas uh, walked and has been on by way of an air and doubled in a run back in that big fifth inning. He's tied 2-2 through four, and the Utes put six runs on six hits. Four of those hits were doubles in the last inning. That pitch gets away from Clausen. And the runner's going to move up to second base on the wild one from Kenny Sines. Almost looked like he got crossed up on that one. Wasn't expecting that. You normally don't get balls going between the catcher's legs like that. We'll see if we can see on a replay here what happened. But uh, Sines, Clausen had no chance at that one. So now you got a runner in scoring position. No outs. Ball and a strike to Miguelas. Now with the runner at second base, there's a ball hit out to Schneeman. Daniel will throw him out at first base. Runner does advance to third base on the ground down. Good job by Schneeman there. He does a great job as he's about ready to field the ball. He gets his his body in the right position, kind of shades over to where he knows he's going to be able to field it. He get into his throwing motion quickly. 
gets his feet. He does. Perfect. He's, he does. He's, he's so just the transfers unbelievably quick. Very, very smooth out there. There's a ball hit up the middle. Anderson, great play as the infield was drawn in, and he's going to steal a base hit from De Benedictus. Great play by Brennan. Saves a run right there for the Cougars as the Cougars drew the infield in with a guy at third base and one man out. Two men out now. Runner still at third, and uh, Foscalina steps in. He was about uh, a foot on the grass. I mean, we're talking he was way in, and he had no choice, but it was do or die on that one, diving to his right, making the stab. And you can see signs there pointing out at Anderson like, thank you, good play out there. Definitely saved the run right there, and every run is precious at this point. First pitch to Foscalina is inside for a ball. Swing and a miss. Changeup. Yeah, that's when Signs is good, when he uh, can throw that pitch for a strike. One and one the count to Dominic Foscalina with a runner at third base. Shoots leading eight to two. Swing and a miss. Another one. One and two the count. You talk to hitters and, and you know, at the professional level, and more often than not, it, they'll tell you the pitch they fear the most. You know, obviously a 102-mile-an-hour fastball is, 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 you know, nothing you like to, to deal with. But a changeup, because it's that one pitch that looks like a fastball. You got a guy, I mean, that's why Trevor Hoffman made a living and is going to be, you know, a Hall of Famer because of it. You know, that's, that's just, it's so deadly because it looks like a fastball, it feels like a fastball, and it just comes in, you know, 12 miles an hour slower. Ball fouled off. I've always said the best pitch in baseball is a strike, <laughs> but a change is pretty close yeah, that's, second. That's right. <laughs> two balls, two strikes, a count to Foscalina. Here's Sainz's pitch. That's just a little bit inside. I'll qualify it. It's a strike that the guy doesn't hit or that he doesn't hit for a base hit, right? Because, yeah, it's uh, you can get – we saw that last inning. You know, BYU threw a lot of strikes last inning, and guess what? They had six hits, four doubles, and those were on a lot of balls that were just catching way too much of the plate. 2-2 pitcher is fouled straight back again. Houston Cougars playing for the – Third time this year. They've split the series so far. They've got uh, one more time to meet. That'll be up in Salt Lake. And that will be uh, on May 8th. There's a ball fouled off. Right, uh, May 8th, right? Uh, Cougars leave the next day for San Francisco to take on the Dons. What do you think this rivalry in terms of, you know, the other sports – you know, here at BYU and Utah, how do you think this rivalry compares it just fell to well, football it, it, and basketball it, and everything else? If you ask a player, it, he would tell you it's just as intense as football or basketball. You know, because they don't draw quite the crowds or have the quite intense interest. And where Utah has struggled historically right. with their baseball program. I mean, Cougars have won twice as many games as the Utes have in the series. Pitches inside for ball four. So runners at the corners, and Richardson steps in. Well, and it's also different because if you look at basketball and football where you have fewer games in your schedule, even a non-conference loss 
can kill you, especially in football, right, right. where you got to go undefeated basically to even have any chance of getting invited to a New Year's you know, bowl or being in the national conversation. So even if BYU and Utah play each other, they're not in the same conference, but it's a critical game. Basketball, similarly, you know, your record is important. This one's important from an RPI standpoint as well. The runner's going to try to score from third on the pickoff attempt to first base. Little double steal. Brian Sue throws him out at the plate. Good play by Sue. As the runner from first went, and the runner from third broke about the same time, and Sue just threw it home and had him easily. Could spark a, you know, BYU right there. Anything can get get the offense going right there. Being able to keep that runner from scoring, so BYU now got to get on the get the bats rolling. Eight to two, Utes lead. We're going to the bottom of the sixth on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Back here, Larry Miller Field will go to the bottom of the six. Utes leading eight to two. Brock Hill's going to lead it off for the Cougars here against uh, Spencer Kevin Johnson, who came in and retired the Cougars in order in the fifth inning with uh, two of the uh, outs being uh, strikeouts. So Hale steps in. Johnson's first pitch, a big swing and a miss for strike one. Yeah, Johnson's you know, just, it doesn't look like he's got a lot of movement on that fastball, no. but he's just blowing her past the Cougars he's just right now. Coming right over the top. I mean, he's a big kid. He's got a big, strong lower body and just powering down that mound, pouring those strikes in there, keeping it right around, right around the knees. Not much to it here. Pitch to Hale is fouled off. Saw him right around 90 in the last pitch of the inning last uh, last time up when he struck out Kringlin was a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. That's the hardest pitch we've seen by either team tonight. Just starting to see the lights take full effect here. Sun's down. Those twilight innings. Still a good crowd on hand. Yep. Over 2,600 in the ballpark. Uh, ninth largest ever in the history of Larry Miller Field. So you top ten really? Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, there've been some big games down here. Oh and two, curveball all the way up and over the top of Brock Hale's head, all the way back to the screen. And that's why he doesn't throw the curveball very much, right? That <laughs> <laughs> just got away from him for sure. Kramer didn't even try to catch that. He didn't even put his glove up. He just turned around and asked the umpire for another ball. Ball and two strikes to Brock Hale. And here is Johnson and his pitch. And Hale fouls this one off. Cougars with just uh, two runs on five base hits through five innings. Brock Hale was hit by a pitch in the first. On in the fielder's choice, picked up a stolen base and scored the Cougars' second run in the third. But Cougars have been shut out since then. Here's the one-two pitch, a swing and a miss. And another strikeout for Johnson. 92 on that one again. No secret to what he's doing. BYU's just got to match him right now, find a way to get on. He's just raring back. 
He's feeling confident right now on the mound, Johnson. And, of course, he's got a six-run lead where he can afford to just sit there and throw fastballs. Someone hits it out, so what? It's just one run. That's the luxury you have of this kind of lead at this point in the ballgame. Coming in, Johnson had had 23 strikeouts in 20 innings. He's got uh, three strikeouts and four batters so far here in this outing. And the first pitch to uh, Favero's down low, ball one. Favero, one of those guys you mentioned, really needs to get on track. And BYU is going to be successful this weekend and in these next four series in conference play. He's got two hits already tonight. So definitely swinging it well. Yeah, two for two with an RBI. Vera, big swing and a miss. And the count now, one ball and one strike on Nate Favero. Brian Sue, who's 0 for 2, is uh, in the on-deck circle. As Favero steps back in, here's Johnson's pitch. Another swing and a miss. Boy, Cougars are really a fastball-hitting team. It's not that often you see a 90-mile-an-hour fastball uh, kind of overpower this team, and, and it's been that way here tonight. Yeah, up and down the lineup right now, people are having a tough time, you know, every guy catching up to this fastball. I think they'd be able to shorten up, make a little bit of adjustment here. No doubt what's coming here again. Here's the 1-2, and Favero goes down swinging. Two men out, and Brian Sue comes up. This is something where if I'm in the dugout and I'm, I'm watching Johnson's body language as he's strutting around that mound, you know, after striking out the last two guys, really with ease. I mean, somebody's got to come out here and make some noise. I mean, they, these yeah, the, the dugout seems flat right now. The crowd's kind of flat. BYU hasn't scored, in, you know, since the third inning. And uh, somebody's got to shake this up right now and find a way to get get this crowd into it, get the team into it, kind of turn the tide here these last few innings, make a run at it. Brian Sue has flown to right and uh, popped up in the game. He's 0 for 2. Sue's average has uh, dipped all the way down to 315 on the year. For most of the year, this kid's been hitting over 400. 400, yeah. In a little bit of a, a slump right now, but that uh, that happens to everybody during the seasons. As uh, Brian Sue, the right-hander, will step back in, and here's the 0-1. Sue fouls that pitch off, and the count 0-2. Sue, the junior out of San Ramon, California. Very talented defensive uh, first baseman for BYU and has also had a great year offensively for the Cougars. Uh, four home runs, 23 RBIs. What year is Johnson again? Do you see that over there? Yeah. Spencer Kevin Johnson, I believe, is a sophomore. Okay. Six one, two hundred pounder. He was uh, pitched one year at College of Southern Idaho, out of uh, Syracuse, Utah. 
So he was a qualifier, meaning that he could have gone to Division One out of high school, so that means he can transfer after one year right. out of J.C. baseball. And here's the pitch, a little bit outside. Two balls and two strikes. How much? Sue definitely getting a, having a good eye on that one, letting that one go with two strikes on him. Johnson definitely not a, a quick uh, worker out there. Really takes his time. Long time getting the sign and sets himself. And pitch to Sue is up high. Three and two. Went with the off-speed pitch trying to catch Sue looking, sitting dead red on a fastball. Went with the curveball on that one, and he hasn't shown that he can throw that curveball for a strike yet. More of a show-me pitch. Still working on it a little bit. Didn't miss by much, but now we got a full count for Sue. Johnson again looks in, and here's the 3-2 pitch. Fouled off by Brian Sue. Cougars uh, 18 and 16 right now as we entered play tonight. The Utes nine wins and 28 losses, but the Utes have definitely been the aggressor here tonight. Big six-run uh, fifth inning has been the difference in this ball game. It was tied up at 2-2 before that half inning. Johnson's pitch and Sue goes down swinging. Five strikeouts. Six batters here by Johnson. Cougars were through six. 8-2 Utes over BYU on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Hey Cougar fans, this is outfielder Brock Hale. You're listening to BYU Baseball on New Skin BYU Sports Network. Go to the top of the seventh inning, Blake Inouye in for BYU. Inouye is the sixth pitcher to be run out to the mound here tonight. As uh, Inouye will face Richardson, Kramer, and Kiersey. Utes leading 8-2 as we go to the seventh. Just that one inning right there up on the board. You look, you see those six runs back there in the fifth inning. Putting BYU in this hole right now. First pitch to Richardson's over for a strike. Richardson had a big two RBI double in that fifth. Into the right center field alley that kind of squirted off uh, Perns' glove and Allowed another run to score. 0-2 the count to Richardson. Blake Inouye has uh, started some games this year for the Cougars. Also worked a lot in relief. One win, three losses on the year for Blake. Ball hit uh, weakly out to uh, Brennan Anderson, second baseman. He'll throw him out. Blake Inouye, I think they've decided to keep him in the pen. They think he's a little more valuable there. Inouye, uh, this is his 13th appearance, has four starts. He's thrown 33 innings, given up 38 hits. 23 runs, has 25 strikeouts. Opponents hitting 288 against Inouye. You know, by this time of the season, you know, coaching staff has a pretty good idea of what guys, where they feel comfortable. And I'll tell you what, I mean, relieving is 
I mean, it's an art. It's not something every pitcher can do. I mean, some guys are built to be starters, and some guys just come off the bench and, and, you know, out of the pen and do a really good job in those clutch situations to come in and throw strikes. Anyways, one of those guys, and, and that's a valuable part of, you know, you see that in the big leagues now. It's, it's specialty. Oh, it's a, it's I mean, an art. Starters, no starters if, you know, you hope for five innings yeah. now out of your starters, and then you've got three or four guys, and you're set up guys, and then all of a sudden you're closer. Oh, two pitches up high. Anyway, coming in at 89 on the fastball. Shea Kramer is 0 for 3. Hit the ball hard this last time up, but right at Schneeman. Here's Inouye's 1 and 2 pitch just off the plate. That's really what the advantage of having these three-game series allow you. You know, over the course of a season, you know, guys kind of, uh, you know, rise to the top. There's still a few missing pieces, I think, that the coaching staff really would like to solidify because once you get into the postseason... Two, two pitches fouled up and out of play. You've got a situation where it's double elimination or it's one single game, and you got to know who you can depend on you know, uh, in your staff and who you can go to in those clutch situations. You don't have the luxury of a three-game series. So, I mean, this is, a, this is an important game for BYU, again, before they head into conference play again with San Diego on Thursday. 2-2 two, two pitch off the plate. Well, the Cougars, one of the problems is they just haven't had anyone step up since Brady went down and kind of claimed that number three starter role. Yeah. Still undecided for Saturday. And uh, that's never good. There's a strike three called on the inside corner. Two men out. Top of the order, Kiersey steps in. Yeah, you definitely like to have your rotation set up. Then you can figure out your workout schedule for each one of the guys. Then you got your bullpen and your closer and everybody else in between. You know, that you're able to get a rhythm, especially with your, your series set on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Utes uh, had lost uh, six in a row coming into tonight's game. Cougars have lost three of their last four, having lost uh, two at Portland and then uh, one at Arizona last Tuesday. There's a ball hit out to uh, Sue. He short hops it, gets the ball to Inouye for the out, and the Utes are retired in order here in the seventh. They, two Utes leading the Cougars. We go to the bottom of the seventh on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Go to the bottom of the seventh, 8-2. Cougars uh, losing to Utah here. Cougars uh, need to get some hits, string some things together to battle their way back in this ball game. That's going to be tough with Spencer Kevin Johnson on the mound, who's just been lights out for Utah right now. Nothing but fastballs from Johnson, and BYU just has not been able to get on base, let alone put the bat on the ball, put it in play, and give BYU a chance to start something. I mean, you don't need to get all six runs, but you got to get something and, you know, force you know, the Utah bullpen. We got a lefty up there is just getting loose, maybe getting some work in, but Utah definitely sending a message, keeping Johnson out there, who's thrown, you mentioned. About 30 pitches so far, getting his work in and extremely effective against BYU so far. Dave Clawson steps in. He is struck out and lined out. 
So Claussen, the catcher, left-hander coming to the plate in the first pitch, rocked deep right field, out of the ballpark, but well fouled. UC Davis ended up beating San Francisco in 12 by a score of 9-7. So that had to be a walk-off home run to win by two. St. Mary's uh, leading, uh, that's the final. They uh, beat Nevada 11-5. Oregon State now up 6-0 over Portland. Uh, LMU over Cal Bakersfield 2-1. That in the sixth. Pacific and Stanford all tied up 1-1 in the fifth. That's being played down in Palo Alto. And Santa Clara leading uh, Cal Poly 4-3 in the fourth. San Diego leading UC Irving still uh, one to nothing. That game in the third inning. No balls, two strikes to uh, Dave Clausen. Spencer Kevin Johnson uh, looking for his fifth consecutive strikeout, and that pitches outside for a ball. Clausen, that ball that he hit just foul had plenty of distance to clear the fence. That's the best swing we've seen on Johnson so far tonight from BYU. See if he gets another pitch to hit. Down 1-2 in the count. Clausen steps in. And here is the 1-2 pitch from uh, Johnson. Maybe, I was going to say, he's taking so much time that finally Clausen steps out. You know, that's, that's unnerving for a hitter. You get in there, you get a rhythm, and it... Just takes forever. Clausen did the right thing, calling timeout, stepping out. Sometimes pitchers do that on purpose. You never did that, did you? Uh, I did that all <laughs> the A few time. times. A few times, but I like to work fast. I mean, that's... One-two pitch. Clausen hammers one down the right field line. Extra bases. Dave around first base, and he will end up with a leadoff double here in the bottom of the seventh. Great swing, just sat on a fastball inside, turned on it like he did on that first pitch that he put over the fence, but foul. That's the loudest this crowd has been in several innings, kind of waking everybody up here, giving BYU a scoring opportunity for the first time since the third inning. Got Dean coming to the plate, see what he can do with it. Dean two for two on the day. Couple of singles. Kyle has uh, picked up 43 points on his batting average with those two hits. Just limited the bats, but he's, uh, as we've mentioned, uh, a couple of these kids like to see them really get going, and a good game for Kyle Dean. Swing and a miss for strike one. He's one of those guys you just want to, you know, you're just pulling for to get hot right here. These last 12 games really put BYU in a situation where they can take the pressure off the bullpen of having to throw a two, three-run ball game every every single time. And you're scoring 8, 10, 12 runs against some of these teams. It's, it takes a lot of the pressure off. No balls, one strike. Dean steps in. That's a, a little bit low, one and one. Ball just missed on the outside. I talk about, I mean, that's what BYU's offense has been known for is being able to score those runs. Obviously, you're going to run into a pitcher every now and again like we have so far tonight with Johnson. But BYU can put up runs in, in bunches. That's been their uh, their M.O. So far this year, just have struggled to play a lot of runs. 
Here's the 1-1 pitch to Kyle Dean. That ball's rocking a deep center field. Center fielder going back, looking up, and this is off the wall. Here comes Clawson. He'll score back-to-back doubles by the Cougars. And they scored a run here in the bottom of the seventh. Eight to three now the score. Sitting on that fastball right there. Dean did a great job. Third hit of the night. Seeing the ball well. And I thought at first that that had a chance to get out of here. Just kind of died, just short hopped the wall. And obviously, Clawson easily scoring. BYU saying, you know what? We can do doubles too, right? You know, after that big double fest by the Utes in the top of the fifth inning. New pitcher for the Utes coming in. We'll take a 90-second break. Be back with more Cougar baseball action on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Looks like Mitch McIntyre is going to be brought in to pinch hit, I believe. He's out there taking some swings, even with the the left-hander being brought in for the Utes as uh, Jared Pernst. Had a pair of strikeouts, and I just hasn't really seen the ball well. Yeah, we've talked about that throughout the night. Perns just, you know, not looking like the Perns we've seen, uh, you know, previous in previous games against the Utes. And all season long, he's been just in such a groove. Had a 16-game hitting streak earlier this year, but just seemed off tonight. And so McIntyre now up and taking cuts in that ninth slot as Josh Tedeschi comes in for the Utes, a lefty with a 6.27 ERA. And uh, we'll see how he can continue McIntyre after back-to-back doubles by Clawson and Dean scoring a run and a couple more runs here, and BYU's right back into this thing. See what McIntyre can do. Tedeschi, no wins, seven losses on the year. He's had six starts. So tough year for Tedeschi. He's brought in here in the bottom of the seventh. Cougars have put one on the board. And the first pitch to Mitch McIntyre is over for a call strike one. Yeah, outside pitch on that one. McIntyre didn't really want to swing. First first chance to see what Tedeschi was doing again. He's working versus the other lefties that uh, have been throwing tonight for the Utes who work on the right side of the mound on the third base side. He's standing on the first base side of the rubber and against the lefty, that just creates more of a sweeping action coming across the plate. There's the 0-1 pitch fouled out of play by McIntyre, who's hitting 3-0-1 for the Cougars. He's had 83 at-bats, 25 hits, four doubles, a home run, 11 RBIs. Young man out of uh, Stansbury High School out in the Twill area. He's uh, had a very good freshman year for BYU. One of those kids that uh, no moment's too big. He's... Uh, Stepped right in and feels like he belongs. That's what you like to see. And, again, you know, that's the opportunity these freshmen have to come into these clutch situations and get valuable experience they can build on this year and moving forward. Here's the 0-2. That's outside. Tedeschi wearing number 22, 6'4", 180-pound lefty. He is a junior from Goleta, California. Big, tall, lanky guy. When you got a guy from the left side, you know, versus a, a left-handed batter, just kind of drops down a little bit sidearm sometimes and comes right at the batter and brings that slider across across the plate. One of the main starters for the Utes this year, but uh, in relief here against BYU, getting some work. One-two pitch. McIntyre 
Fouls that one off over near the Cougar bullpen area down the left field line. The Cougars uh, back-to-back doubles here in the seventh. Uh, Scored for the first time since the third inning. I'm sure Coach Littlewood would just like to see some quality bats, hit a ball hard, and see what happens here. Yeah, we've had again, you know, the seven-day layoff. These guys are chomping at the bit to get up there and get some good cuts in. One-two pitch, that's up high. Checked his swing, did not uh, go around. I think he caught a break there. That was pretty close. Pretty close to going on that one, but McIntyre's going to get another shot at it right here. 2-2 count, runner in scoring position. It's a big run for BYU as well, trying to create a little bit of momentum. Still only the seventh inning. Plenty of time. Here's the pitch, and McIntyre swings and misses for the first out. That'll bring Brendan Anderson to the plate. Anderson will step in. He's 0 for 3. Struck out his last time up there. As McIntyre went down on strikes. 38 strikeouts now for Tedeschi in 48 innings. See what Anderson can do again right now with Dean sitting there on second base. Just begging one of his teammates to knock him in. Brennan uh, hitting 293 on the air as he steps in and he Hits this ball right at the shortstop. Uh, Richardson's got it. High throw to first. That'll be an error on the throw. Dean stayed where he should have at second base as the ball was hit to his right. So a good job by uh, smart base running by Dean. And huge first error of the ball game. You could almost see just the way Richardson threw that ball. I mean, it, before he even let go, just his arm angle and everything just looked like that ball was going to be high, and he pulled him way off the base, not even close. First baseman had no chance of trying to get back to the bag on that one, so fortunate situation for BYU. Yeah, it just didn't look comfortable at all from the minute he fielded that ball. And that'll bring Schneeman up now with runners at first and second base, see if the Cougars can take advantage of the air. And the first pitch to Daniels over for a strike. So far, nothing too deceptive or overpowering from Tedeschi. 87 miles an hour on that fastball on the inside. Shown a little bit with a slider, but... A little tougher on lefties probably. That big lanky frame out there, like you said, working from the first base side. Gives it, the, you know, the ball a little different action as Sneeman fouls that ball down the first base side. Daniel is 0 for 2. He walked in the first and scored, and it's grounded out twice to the first baseman, uh, D. Benedictus. I just got to try to find a way to put this ball play, stay out of a double play for Schneeman right here. They're playing him straight up in the outfield, infield at double play depth. to the count to the Cougar shortstop. He takes that pitch outside. That's that slider we talked about. 0-2 count, just missed the outside corner because he's pitching so far on that left side of the rubber that gives him more plate to work with as that slider comes across. 
just missed it. Another chance for Schneeman. Cougars have scored a run. They've got runners at first and second base, one man out. And here is the pitch. That's down low. Two and two. Cougars uh, get a ball in a gap here, and they could be right back in this game. Everybody's up on both dugouts. Nobody's packing this one in yet for sure. Cougars with a, a pair of doubles, and there's been an error in the inning. Two balls, two strikes. Uh, Daniel Sneeman steps back in from the left side. And here's the pitch. Neiman takes that one on the outside corner. Call strike three. Yeah, again, he go, went right back to that slider on the outside edge. He admit just missed it earlier. Schneeman knew it. There's not a lot you can do with that one. That ball almost just popped out of Kramer's glove there. He just kind of had to squeeze it. Schneeman thought it still was a little bit outside. Two strikes, though. It's a tough one. Jake Sudruth up, beginning to throw for the Cougars. I'm see, sure you'll see him out there in the top of the eighth. And now uh, Kringlin with an opportunity for the Cougars. Uh, Keaton is uh, one for three. There's a looper in the center field. Second baseman going back. That's going to drop. Base hit. A run scores right off the end of the bat of Kringlin. Just over the head of the second baseman. And Kyle Dean scores now, scores now eight to four. Yeah, just hit that, as you mentioned, off the end of the bat. Right over the uh, second baseman. Couldn't do anything about it. Center fielder had no chance at that ball. That was a pitch that was down and away. So Dean scores eight four as the Cougars have put two on the board. And now Brock Hale steps in. This is kind of the guy you'd want up yeah. right now in this situation. Yeah. If you're Coach Littlewood, one swing right here, and we've got a one-run ball game. Brock Hale no- is a 0-4-2 today. He's been hit by a pitch. He is grounded out and has struck out in the game. And the first pitch to Hale is a fastball on the outside corner for a strike. There's no doubt Tedeschi knows what Hale's capable of, that he's by far the most dangerous long ball hitter right now in the lineup for BYU, so he's got to be careful here. It's been a while since Brock's had a home run. He's been kind of stuck at seven. 24 RBIs on the year for the Cougar right fielder, and he fouls that one at the plate. And he'll quickly behind 0-2. Normally when he gets behind in the count, especially early like this, he'll shorten it up and go the other way. We should be able to see, again with the lefty up there, we'll see how well he can pick up this pitch. 0-2 pitch. Tedeschi may come inside on him or stay outside. Looks like they're setting up for an outside pitch right here. Pitch to Hill is way outside. So a ball and two strikes. The uh, Utes, uh, nine wins, 28 losses on the year. Well, somebody has to take those losses. And Tedeschi's taken yeah. seven of those. You mentioned, I mean, <laughs> somebody's going to start those ball games. And a lot of good ball clubs in the Pac-12. 
ball and two strikes. Here's the pitch to Brock. He'll hit hard, but right at the second baseman. He'll take it and step on the bag at second for the out. And that will do it for the Cougars. They got two runs on two hits. Actually, there were three hits, one error, two runners left. We are through seven complete now, 8-4 Utah over BYU on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Jake Sudworth on the hill for the Cougars. He'll come out and pitch the eighth inning. He'll face the heart of the order for the Utes. Chandler Anderson, Oliver Dunn, and then Riker Tom. Now Cougars got uh, two in the bottom of the seventh. Had a chance to pick up a couple more, but just couldn't come up with a couple of big hits. Yeah. Two, two guys in your lineup you'd like to see uh, up there. Couldn't get it done as uh, Sudrath stepping up uh, on the hill. Sudrath has got his game face on. He's looking like he wants to come out here and shut down these Utes. One, two, three. Get BYU right back in there where they can get the bats going. Sudrath, two wins, two losses, three saves on the year. And Chandler Anderson, who's had a big ball game with three base hits, he uh, fouls one down the first base side for strike one. Sudrith, who really started the season off as the, as the closer for BYU and kind of had that role with his delivery, you know, uh, especially, you know, Jolney seeing him one time through the lineup, you know, very effective. But then Zimmerman just kind of came in and had a couple opportunities and took over that role. No balls and a strike. And the pitch to Sedrith. Good slider. Catches the outside corner 0-2. Great pitch. Great pitch. There was nothing Anderson could do with that one. As I mentioned, the West Coast Conference standings just an absolute... Uh, it's incredible, the uh, the teams and how everybody's just kind of beating up on each other. Every team has at least six losses. There's two teams with six, one with seven, and uh, three teams with eight, including BYU. So the Cougars right there. Twelve uh, conference games remaining, six at home, six away. First three of those will be this week against San Diego, and that's uh, – Going to go a long way in determining where the Cougars end up this year. Yeah, it's going to be a big series for BYU because after that you've got St. Mary's and San Francisco, two teams that are in front of you, and uh, BYU is going to have a say in how this ends up going head-to-head against those two teams that are only in front of them by a couple of games. 2-2 pitch, ball hit out towards Sneeman. Daniels got it, and he'll throw to first for the out. Not only does Daniel get his feet, everything situated properly but he has got an absolute gun for an arm and when you combine those two things you know and Daniel hasn't had the greatest offensive year hitting hitting below 230 right yeah. now but, but it has not affected his defense well and it's you know when you're in a shortstop you know there's a few key positions out there where that's your first and foremost yeah. priority if you can just be an absolute wall out there there's a fastball behind Oliver Dunn all the way back to the screen. Yeah, normally you hear that sound. That's off a foul ball. That was the pitch that came off of that patty back there that went behind 
done on that one. You can see Yikes. Dave kind of tense up like, here it comes, going to hit me. And Woo. he was the happiest guy in the ballpark when it what. missed him. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Done. One hopper just past the glove of Brendan Anderson. So Oliver Dunn picks up his third hit of the ball game, and that will bring Riker Tom to the plate. It's kind of hats off to a guy after he just has a ball go behind him. Stays in there and, uh, you know, laced that ball right there, a little one-hopper past Anderson, diving to his right. Couldn't quite get to it. He made that other diving play earlier in the game where he was in on the infield grass and uh, dove to his right on a one-hopper and was able to snag that one, but not this time. Riker Tom comes up. Quick throw to first base and uh, Dunn back in safely. Dunn has five stolen bases on the year. Been thrown out once. Sudruth working here in the top of the eighth inning. Utes up uh, by a score of eight to four over BYU. That pitch is outside. You know, one thing we kind of forget about these, you know, these athletes is, I mean, they've got school to worry about, right? I mean, it's finals week for these players. I mean, there's a lot going on. And, you know, they're trying to juggle all of those things, keep their grades up, and play against their rivals and get ready for really a pivotal series against San Diego. Good curveball drops in for a strike. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't think the normal fan... Uh, realizes the pressure. You can go back to those days and remember yeah. those road trips of seven, eight, long. ten days. I mean, those are long road trips. It's tough to stay on top of your classes. You've got a lot of makeup, and the teachers, you know, they try to work with you, but there's only so much you can do. And, you know, I mean, historically, BYU teams hit their stride in April and May. They tend to, you know, BYU schedules has, has a lot of home games during that stretch. The weather gets nicer. But think about this. I mean, finals are over this week, right? which means you can focus on San Diego and San, you know, San Francisco and St. Mary's and those last four series. And the Stanford, which is going to be a big game, and Cal, I mean, you, the guys can just focus 100% knowing that the books are done and it's all baseball. I mean, that's a, that is one of the best times for these college athletes. Fly ball, easy play for Brock Hale in right. He is there, and he will make the catch for the out. So two men retired, and uh, Eric Megales will step in. And it's really the only time, if you think about it, I mean, they start, obviously, you know, ball starts, fall ball starts, you know, from the first day you get here, but you've got classes that are starting as well. So this is, you know, the luxury, and BYU ends a little bit earlier than most schools do. So this is an advantage for BYU that they, you know, hopefully can capture these next few weeks and put that into motion and make it work for them. Quick throw to first base and the runner Oliver Dunn back in safely. A little over 2,600 in attendance. A few of those fans have made their way out of the ballpark. Cougars still a couple of at-bats trying to claw their way back into this. They're down by four. There's a fastball. It's over for a strike. You know, Sudruth, uh, he just looks like a closer, doesn't he? He just got that intensity and yeah. 
And those uh, works fast, just yeah. comes out here. And he'll have opportunities this year. I mean, whether he's closing games out or setting up Zimmerman, I mean, he's going to be a critical part to this staff moving forward. If BYU plans on getting to the conference tournament and advancing like they did last year to the regionals, he's going to be one of the key components of this yeah. pitching staff. 0-2. It's just off the plate. So a ball and two strikes to Miguelis. That was one where Clawson was set up outside just off the plate, and he threw it exactly where he was set up. Just missed it. Pitches up high, throw down, runner trying to steal a base. And Clawson throws him out easily. Nice throw. So the Cougars retire the Utes here in the 8th, 8-4. Utes leading BYU on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Nate Favero steps in for the Cougars as we go to the bottom of the 8th. Favero 2 for 3. Pair of singles and RBI, and he struck out his last time. And the first pitch from Tedeschi is outside ball 1. Joshua Tedeschi in his uh, second inning of work. Yeah, Favero, one of those guys, you know, his first two at-bats, a couple of hits, struck out last time, but another BYU player that really would like to see catch fire here heading into these last few weeks. I don't know whether it's his birthday, but apparently someone's birthday out yeah, there getting some I, I'm not sure it's singing. Saints. If it was his, I'd step out of the box right now. <laughs> let him finish that rendition. Well, maybe he'll, whoever it was, maybe he's got a little gift right here with the bat he can deliver. One ball, one strike. Pitch to Favero is outside ball two. Tedeschi just living on that outside edge. Lefty versus lefty again. Trying to use that advantage coming across from the uh, left side of the rubber. Game was tied at 2-2 through uh, four innings. And the Utes put six on the board in the the fifth. On six hits, four of those hits were doubles. And that is the difference in this ball game. That just came out of nowhere. I mean, it really, I mean, BYU was cruising along. Again, you mentioned it was a 2-2. Yeah, Red Parkinson thrown well. Parkinson had thrown well the inning before and struck the first guy out. And then before, I think before BYU could get anybody warm in the bullpen, it was six hits later. And the runs were up. And then, you know, a couple more. Yeah, rapid fire. 2-2 pitch to Favero. Swing and a miss. Nate goes down for the second time. One man out, and Brian Sue comes to the plate. That's a big strikeout right there for Dedeski. Kind of went up and in on him on that one instead of going away. Favreau just kind of swinging right through that. Brian Sue is 0 for 3 today. Uh, Sue's average has dropped down to 312. And the first pitch to Brian is over for a strike. I keep waiting for the crowd to kind of pick up the bench and kind of get this going, but then you look out there and realize of the 2,605 that were here, 
I think we've only got about maybe 600 left. I mean, this place is emptied out a little bit, which is unusual for a rivalry game, which goes back. I think it's finals, Brent. I think everybody they had finals to get back to study for. They got classes tomorrow. Yeah. I'm buying it. I'm but, believing you. But it has cooled it's down cooled a little down. bit. It That's has. It's right. still very, very nice nightless. Like you said, this weekend, Friday's supposed to be up in the 80s. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great weekend to come out of the ballpark. I mean, this is, this has become one of the premier facilities in the region, really in the West. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job with this new turf and the facilities around it. Here's the 0-2, and uh, Brian Sue goes down for the second time, one of the toughest guys to strike mm-hmm. out in the nation. That's only his uh, 15th strikeout of the year. Wow. Two men out, and uh, David Lawson will step in. He doubled his last time up. Justin Cerner is uh, throwing in the pen, so it looks like Sterner will be brought on to pitch the ninth for the Cougars. It's Cougars got plenty of guys out on the hill tonight. That's uh, one thing what that, uh, Coach Littlewood wanted to happen. First pitch to Clawson is a fastball in the outside corner for a strike. Yeah, and you look at how many guys have pitched to, you know so far for BYU tonight, and you see a lot of zeros up there for the Utes in those innings. So, you know, some guys threw well. And uh, it was just that one inning in the fifth with those six runs that BYU just could not, could not buy an out. No balls, one strike. Tedeschi's uh, struck out Favero and Sue in the inning, and uh, that pitch is outside. Dave Clawson uh, struck out looking in the second. Lined out to the second baseman in the fourth and doubled into the corner in right field his last time up. A ball and a strike. Tedeschi's pitch, and that ball's rocketed to right center field. And Clawson around first base, and David's going to hit back-to-back doubles here. David Clawson with a two-out double. Is there, is there a better sound than just the crack of a bat? I mean, on just a ball that's just, I mean, other than when you're a pitcher. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right? I mean, that just was a rip to right center field. You know, and you start to look at this and say, okay, we've got Dean up again. We know his potential. He's three for three tonight. I mean, talk about getting hot at the right time. If he can come up with a hit right here, BYU's still got a pulse. Still Kyle got a- Dean was uh, hitting 200 coming into the ballgame with the three hits. He's now hitting 263 on the day. Great uh, night for the sophomore and the first pitch over for a call strike. Kyle Dean coming into the game had had 35 at-bats, only seven hits. He's now got 10 hits and 38 at-bats. Just shows you how that average can climb with that uh, limited at-bats. Yeah, and sometimes you're just seeing the ball well, and you know, and sometimes you're not. And right now, Dean seems to be seeing it tonight. He'd like to see one right over the left field fence, that's for sure. 
Here's the 0-1 to Kyle Dean. He foul tips it. And the count now 0-2. Good pitch right there by Tedeschi. Down on the zone, sinking away from Dean. Now he's ahead of him 0-2. Let's see if Dean can fight this off, find a way to get a good pitch. Dean down on the count, 0-2. And Tedeschi working from the stretch. Here's the pitch. That's up high for a ball. Third time these two teams have met. They'll meet again up in Salt Lake on May the 8th. That'll be a 6 p.m. contest. Cougars will be in the Bay Area. After this weekend, the next two weekends, uh, playing St. Mary's and San Francisco before coming home for the final three games of the series against uh, Pacific. That pitch down, uh, bounced about a foot in front of the plate. Good job there by the catcher, Shea Kramer. Dean's going to get something. There's an open base there at first. Tedeschi doesn't have to come to him right here. Still got a four-run lead. You would expect him to something to hit right here for Dean, even though he's three for three, and Tedeschi knows that. A dangerous hitter at the plate. Here's Tedeschi, looks at second, and the 2-2 pitch to Kyle Dean. He swings and misses, and Tedeschi strikes out the side after giving up the uh, double. Cougars retired 8-4. Utes leading BYU on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. What's up, Cougar Nation? This is uh, Keaton Kringlin, outfielder on the BYU baseball team, and you are listening to the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Go Cougars. And the pitch for the Cougars. Zimmerman into the ball game. Two wins, a loss. This will be his 17th appearance. He's got three saves, two wins and a loss. 1.30 earned run average, 22 strikeouts. In 27 innings, opponents are only hitting 165 off uh, Drew Zimmerman, who's been a great closer this year for BYU. You said he pitched well down in Arizona last pitched week. Pitched well, pitched uh, an inning against the Wildcats. And again, Coach uh, Littlewood trying to get him an inning of action here, trying to get him back into game condition after that seven-day layoff. And the Utes will send uh, Miguelas to the plate. First pitch rocked into right field, base hit. Fastball that uh, Eric McGillis was just kind of sitting on. 92 and mile singles. An hour. Yeah, 92 mile an hour fastball, first pitch right there. And we've seen the Utes do this time and time again tonight where they jump on that first pitch fastball. They're just sitting there being very aggressive tonight at the plate, knowing what Zimmerman's, you know, repertoire is. He's a fastball guy. He's got... Good slider and curveball as well, but he relies on that. Sitting on that fastball and got what he wanted. De Benedictus now steps in. He's got a hit. He's one for three. He grounded out to Anderson his last time up, and it looks like we've got a there's a bunt down the fir, uh, third baseline. That's actually number seven, Wade Golden, the senior. is uh, hitting, and he tried to bunt uh, 
to sacrifice that man up and just bunted it foul down the third baseline. So Golden into the game. They're still showing Benedictus on on the screen, but it is Wade Golden. Here's the 0-1 pitch. That ball bunted foul again. This one right back through the legs of uh, Clawson, the catcher. So the count now 0-2 on Wade Golden. Uh, Golden has been one of the guys that's played uh, a lot for the Utes the last few years. He's a senior out of Redding, California. I think last time here, he's the one that caught the ball in left field, ran up against the wall. Didn't he end up leaving the game with a... Injured shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. Looks like he's back and healthy. Zimmerman's pitch is strike three called. And Golden goes down. First out of the inning for the Utes, and that will bring uh, Foscalina to the plate. Little slider there, 81 mile an hour on the outside corner. Golden was looking fastball. Definitely on that one, just froze him. One man out, Dominic Foscalina. Looking for his first hit of the ball game. Officially 0 for 2's had a sacrifice. And a walk in the game. And the first pitch, that slider drops in for a strike. Foscalina, the sophomore out of Livermore, California. Does have three home runs on the year, 10 RBIs. One of the few Utes who's, you know, he's got a double. I was just looking to see Richardson's one of the only Utes who doesn't have a hit tonight. We've got Kramer. Everybody else in the lineup has at least one hit tonight. Foscalina with one of the uh, barrage of doubles in the fifth inning that led to that six-inning, six-run inning for the Utes that really I mean, that's, that's been the difference in the ballgame right there. One inning, a couple of uh, pitches. There you go. Here's the 0-2. That's outside. Utah getting ready to play Arizona later this week. Of course, BYU again bringing in San Diego. Big three-game series. Starting on Thursday, we know the weather is going to be nice. Expecting a big crowd out here. One-two pitch. That ball's fouled out of play. 93 on the fastball there. He gets the prize for uh, hardest pitch of the night, right? That's right. One man out, one man on. Utes uh, holding on to an 8-4 lead as we play the ninth here in Provo. And here's Zimmerman's pitch. Ball fouled off again. Up and out of play. Yeah, most of the uh, crowd has left the ballpark. Not because they're giving up, though. Because they know that the history shows this game is not over until Until it's over. It's over. I mean, the last time they played in this ballpark, BYU was up four runs in the last inning. And then it got crazy. Two-pitch hit out to Schneeman. Could be two on the second for one. The return to first in time for the double play. 6-4-3. Cougars coming to the plate. Bottom of the ninth down 8-4 on your new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Go to the bottom of the ninth. Cougars with a four-run deficit here. Mitch McIntyre will lead it off and then the top of the order. And the closer for the Utes in, Trenton Stoltz into the ballgame. Stoltz, uh, one win, two losses, four saves on the year. Big hard-throwing uh, side armor that we saw up in Salt Lake last a uh, couple of weeks ago. Yeah, just under five with an ERA, and they're in over 25 innings pitched. 15 strikeouts. Does have 11 walks, so he struggles with his control a little bit. BYU hope we, hoping that uh, he struggles with his control a lot in this final frame here. Down by four, they're going to need uh, a lot of base runners to get things going, and McIntyre getting his second at bat of the night right now, hitting for Perns in the ninth uh, slot. See if he can find a way to get on. Stoltz, 6'4", 220, senior out of uh, Phoenix on the hill, and the first pitch to Mitch McIntyre is over 4A, call strike one. Yeah, and he's at 85 miles an hour, and it's not the velocity that's going to throw these guys off, but it's the arm angle. He's a, he's a full submarine guy, and especially with his length. McIntyre grounds one right to the second baseman, Oliver Dunn, who will throw him out. We are in the bottom of the ninth. Cougars down to their last two outs here as Brendan Anderson steps in. That was a big out right there. Good pitch on the inside corner right there from McIntyre. Just couldn't quite get around on it enough. Put that through the gap. Anderson looking for his first base hit. He's 0 for 4 as he steps in. The right-handed hitting senior against Trenton Stoltz. First pitch is outside, ball one. Stoltz, a big kid that's got one of those big herky-jerky sidearm motions that uh, can be very effective for an inning or two. Yeah, he's, uh, and especially, you know, righty on righty when that he's swinging that arm action coming right at you he can go slider fastball whatever he wants and it's it's tough to pick up it's deceptive and it's just different it's a different arm angle you're picking the ball up from a different area than you have been you know the entire game that's why you know it can be so effective as a closer or reliever swing and a miss one ball and one strike to anderson and stoltz's pitch is fouled up and out of play you look at a guy like Johnson, who just a couple of innings ago was, you know, five strikeouts in a row, and he was way over the dealing. top, right? He was dealing, but he was yeah. over the top. And then you go to the exact opposite, where the ball's, you know, releasing out of his hand about a foot off the ground. I mean, talk about a, a completely different, you know, setup to get used to here. A one-two pitch inside. Two balls and two strikes. Cougars with uh, 12 strikeouts in this ball game. I'm sure Coach Little would not happy with yeah. that against, especially a, a staff. Uh, you know, Cougar, uh, the Utes have really struggled as a staff this year with an ERA over six runs a game. Got to put the ball into play, and, and you know, good things can happen. Yeah, nine hits. I mean, that's that's okay, yeah. but you'd like to. You know, see them put the ball and play a little bit more, you know, strikeouts 
not exactly what you would expect to see from from this BYU lineup against this pitching staff by committee tonight from the Utes. 3-2 to Anderson. Ball lofted into center field. Center fielder going back, able to track it down. Uh, Kiersey out there. So two men out. Pretty good swing there. At first I thought maybe it was just going to tail enough away, but you know, you talked about Kiersey's speed out there. I mean, he's a top-notch player. He got a good jump, good read on that one. And now BYU down to their last out. Two men out, nobody on, and uh, Schneeman coming up. Daniel is uh, 0 for 3 with a walk. He scored the Cougars' first run after walking in the first inning. And the first pitch to Sneeman is down low, ball one. Cougars uh, will be in action this weekend in Provo against the San Diego Toreros. West Coast Conference action. Cougars right now 7-8, and eight, and San Diego 7-11 and 11 on the year in conference play. Sneeman rockets one. Kiersey right there in center makes the play for the out. And the Utes win this one by a score of 8-4. to four. Scott Haas, I appreciate you being with us here tonight. Like you said, uh, just kind of the difference in this ballgame was that one inning. Just one inning. The fifth when the Utes put six hits, four doubles, uh, and uh, scored uh, six big runs. Yeah, and Coach Littlewood, you know, he'll talk about this in the postgame interview. You know, normally in that situation, would you let, you know, uh, Brett Parkinson go that long? You know, you're trying to get some guys some work right now. It's not a conference game, and so... You're doing things a little bit differently than you might manage a game. But nonetheless, I mean, 12 strikeouts, you just way too many for this lineup. And, you know, you hope you can get some rhythm and, and get get the kinks worked out before you head into this really pivotal, uh, you know, stretch here. These next four series, is, it's going to make it or break it for BYU. They're no right there. They're right there. It's, it's for the taking. Well, Scott, hey, we appreciate you being with us. Absolutely. Uh, have a safe drive back, and uh, we'll get you with you again, all right? You bet. You betcha. We're going to send it back for a break. Be back with head coach Mike Littlewood right after this on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. That's the last out. Great pitch on the outside corner. He gets him. Now let's hear from the players and coaches in your BYU baseball postgame show. Here's Brent Norton on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back here in uh, Provo, Larry Miller Field. Cougars get beat uh, tonight by the Utes by a score of 8-4. to four. Joined by head coach Mike Littlewood. And coach, I appreciate you joining us here tonight. Uh, uh, good ball game. Difference in the ball game that fifth inning when the Utes uh, put six runs up, four doubles and scored six runs. And uh, and that was really the difference maker this ball game seemed like. Yeah, it really was. Um, you know, Rhett got a couple balls up in the zone and, and they made us pay for it. I mean, we didn't give them the game. They they really they earned it. They beat us in, in that inning. Um, you know, we kept fighting. Man, we just, uh, in those middle innings when we were swinging, and it looked like we were swinging underwater and, and had yeah. holes in the bats. It was yeah. just crazy. <laughs> I, it brought back memories when we struck out 16 times against Bailey in the West Coast Conference Tournament when Rucker faced Bailey. And, I mean, we were just swinging. It's kind of unlike us. I mean, we're striking out a lot, um, way, way far too much this year. But uh, it was a, kind of a weird night that way. Well, it's 12 strikeouts. Uh 
the Johnson kid had a pretty good fastball, but but I consider the Cougars a fastball hitting team, yeah. and that's what was weird. Yeah, and and some of the swings, uh, you know, not even close. Yeah, I mean, it looked like we were just missing it by two yeah. feet, it, and and I don't know. It kind of looked kind of looked like our bats were tired tonight. I don't I don't have any explanation for it. Uh, maybe we need to take less swings instead of more. So it was just kind of it's just kind of weird. I mean, we did, you know, when we when you go a staff day like this. Each guy's got to come in and do his job, and, and Rhett's been a guy for us. Um, oh, he has. He's and, been. Yeah, and he just got a couple balls up in the in the air, and, and they made us pay for it. Uh, Coach, uh, you know, I guess the positives you can keep, Kyle Dean swung the bat well. Uh, David Clausen seemed to – he hit a couple of balls hard, so that that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's um, And let's see if we can just keep doing it and do it yeah. and doing it. Yeah. You know, um, Kyle's – with the lefty start, and I thought – I just felt like uh, – Trent said Kyle's approach was really good in the in the tunnels early this morning, and so I just felt like that was a, a good move for us. And we need to get Pern swinging the bat, and uh, B looked ty- a little bit tired tonight. Um, you know, so there's just it kind of goes back to the same thing. You know, we have a couple. Brock looked a little bit tired tonight, and so um, we just need to get production one through nine, and not yeah. just spotty here and there. What's strange about that is the, the seven day layoff. You think they'd come yeah. back and uh, not tired? I mean, yeah. I mean, really to really come out and bounce. Yeah, you know, we had good energy in the dugout. I mean, all that was all that was good, but that's all that raw raw stuff doesn't really matter a whole lot. You got to do it on the you got to do it on the field. But um, you know, it, it's just uh, I just told them in the dugout, hey, or in the clubhouse, real quick that. I'm not giving up on them, and I hope they're not giving up because this team can go on a run, and it's just it's just a matter of, of one or two things clicking here or there. So, you know, we'll see what Thursday brings. Well, big series, San Diego. Uh, you've got 12 games left in the conference. I know you feel like you've got to win at least nine of those to get into that conference tournament. Of course, who knows this year with with the ups and downs in the conference, uh, but Thursday t- starts it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we we put ourselves in a situation where we have to at least have to at least win every series. Um, um, 15 might get us in this year, but um, it's you hate to just keep counting like that. You know, yeah. just got to take one game at a time and, and take care of business that way. All right, Coach, hey, we appreciate you coming up. Uh, we'll let you get back to the team, and uh, we'll see you on Thursday when San Diego comes into town. All right, thanks, Brent. You betcha. Mike Littlewood, head coach of the Cougars, as the Cougars lose to the Utes here by a score of 8-4. to four. Utes 8 runs, 13 hits, 1 error. Cougars 4 runs, 9 Hits and one air, and the, with the loss, of the Utes go, or the Cougars go to 18 and 17 on the year, and the Utes pick up their 10th win against 28 losses. I'd like to thank Cole Wissinger back at the station, uh, Scott Haas for his great commentary, and uh, remind fans we'll be back on the air Thursday afternoon, 5:55, first game of the series with San Diego right here on your BYU Sports uh, New Skin BYU Sports Network. With that, we'll say so long from Larry Miller Field in Provo.